Hello, bonsoir, and welcome back to the Get French Football News Show. After a summer of rest and relaxation, it's time to get back into the swing of things. And what better way to do that than giving you the most comprehensive preview of the upcoming 2017-18 Ligue 1 season? I'm your host, Nathan Staples, and while there'll be a variety of guests popping in to cover all 20 French top-flight teams, our one consistent will be our very own Eric Devin. So, we will start straight away with a team that tends to take up all the headlines in Liga, especially this summer, and that's Paris Saint-Germain, Eric. Um, Danny Alves has joined from Juventus, but there's one other Brazilian that's been on the horizon that may eclipse that of the whole window, in fact, really. Um, so I want to start with that. Do PSG guarantee themselves a title should they sign Neymar? I think the title's already been guaranteed prior to signing Neymar. I think that uh, his signing is more of a statement of intent in terms of their European ambitions, in terms of the club writ large. I think that by showing that they can sign Neymar, they're showing that that step up in quality of player to really be to really sign a, a world class player and you know don't get me wrong the signs of a player like like a Di Maria, Abrahamovic, um, I think that those players Thiago Silva, I think those players are at the very highest echelons of their positions but they're not Neymar who's you know a top five world player I mean we can debate you know whether he's better than Suarez or or what have you but he's certainly in that group that's just below. Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo and I think that even with the fee I think that it, it, it makes it makes a, a big statement for PSG to say this is the kind of player we want to get price is no object we're you know we're going into this with both feet uh, in terms of the title I, I think that given the uncertainties that Monaco uh, are going to face given the squad depth of the likes of, of Nice and their own European, current European competitions. And I, I don't think that PSG will have any trouble winning the title. I think that there are some, certainly some intriguing packages that could, in the league, that could give, make the race for the Champions League uh, difficult. But I would be very surprised if PSG didn't win the title by a large margin. Maybe not the 30 points of two seasons ago, but I certainly would expect to have them wrapped, it, wrapped up for the last few match days. I just think that he's assigning that is is a, a big statement of intent. The interesting thing, though, is how this is gonna gonna play out tactically. Um, it's surprising to me to see. I mean, Neymar, you can't refuse in terms of if you have the opportunity to get him. I think you should, especially given his age and his ability. But the club did just spend quite a bit of money for a player in Julian Draxler, who plays the same position. So. It, it seems like there still needs to be a little bit of coherence in terms of the club strategy. I think that the players they brought in, uh, in Danny Alves and uh, Yuri Berchicha, uh, do give the team the depth that they need, but I think perhaps they should have thought a little bit harder about a player who can be, say, a backup to Cavani. Uh, now, with Jean-Kevin Augustin having left, there is no recognized striker behind, behind Cavani. And were the Uruguayan to get hurt, I think that could give PSG a lot of trouble. So it's an interesting start to PSG's window, with and this deal does look like it's going to go through. But I think that perhaps flogging a Drax or, or or some other player and bringing in a striker is another thing that they're going to need if they do really want to live up to those ambitions uh, in the Champions League. And the important thing to remember here also is that PSG aren't seated in the Champions League 
having not won. They could be in a group with the likes of, say, Spurs and Real Madrid or Juventus and, uh, and Napoli is a third seed as well. Obviously, they wouldn't play with both Juventus and Napoli in the group. But there are certainly a lot of dangerous teams. And not having won the title could potentially make that group stage quite a bit tougher for PSG. So it's going to be a challenging first few months for them. But I think that, that Neymar is a really intriguing start to the season. Signing of Neymar is a really intriguing start to the season. And I think really brings in into sharper focus uh, the role of Emery in getting this team to progress in the Champions League. Yeah, and I wrote in now a preview for the Trophée de Champion that, that occurred on Saturday that really that was a display where, although they clearly didn't play in the end in Di Maria and Lucas, the, but those two plus Draxler, that's three players that they have in wide positions. And with Neymar coming in, and you expect them probably to stay with that 4-3-3 that the players pushed for last season, they're fitting... Someone has to go, and two of those are at least on the cusp of world-class players. And I did think whether they might change to a four-two-three-one and play Draxler in um, a more central attacking midfield position where he, he performed at Schalke quite often, but not so much at Wolfsburg. Whether that might be something they go to, I don't know, especially with the the format where they played on the Trophy de Champion with, with Pastore in that midfield well, on the left, but he practically played as a centre attacking midfielder for most of that game. It was a strange formation with, with Danny Alves further forward as well. But I want to stick back to Neymar for a moment, Eric. And, and we did mention this on Twitter together a couple of days ago. Obviously, signing him will be a big statement of intent, but it's a lot of money that will swallow up their entire budget. Is that a little bit of a worry with other areas still maybe needing a little bit of strengthening? No, I think you have saleable assets. I mean, let's not forget that story either. They really have four wide players. There's also Hatem Ben Arfa. Marco Verratti had been rumored to go earlier in the summer. I think there are certainly options that PSG can have to sell players. They're going to sell one of their right backs. I can't see them starting the season with all three of Mounier, Alves, and, and Serge Aurier uh, available at right back. I don't think Danny Alves playing the right of a 4-3-3. An attack is something sustainable. Di Maria was suspended on Saturday and wasn't an option. So I think there are sales to be made. So if PSG feel the need to say strengthen in January, I think there are options there for players to be sold. I don't think it's going to hamstring them to quite that extent. And, and also, the other thing we have to realize, too, is how much age plays into this. PSG have been linked with Ronaldo in the past. And, well, I think that would be, have been an impressive move. You know, as someone who's 32 years old, I don't think that the sustainability of Ronaldo would have been would have been would have been problematic, I should say. I mean, this is the thing with PSG. It's been a rare occurrence that they've brought they've brought in players who looked to have a potential sell-on fee. Verratti is an example of that, perhaps Kurzawa, perhaps Serge Aurier, perhaps Marquinhos. But by and large, a lot of the players they brought in have been already in their late twenties, already in their thirties. And the potential money they could reap from selling them on is non-existent. Now, Neymar is still young enough that he could play four or five years for PSG, and the club could still recoup some of that fee down the road. So from that perspective as well, I see this as, as being a really good thing. But I think that PSG aren't limiting themselves too much. There are options for players to be sold. And of course, given the vast, vast resources that the club have, that's, there's also less of a problem from that, from that angle. Uh, so I think that it just remains to be seen how this team line up tactically. You know, the other player that I think some, some had mentioned being sold is Lucas, but it does appear that 
because of his closeness to Neymar, he probably would be more likely to be retained over a Draxler, over a Di Maria, being that that he is Brazilian and, and and a good friend of Neymar's as well. Always something to keep in mind. And getting a 25-year-old, just maybe is he starting to peak? Someone who could be a generation-defining talent. It might take a lot of money, but you can't really turn down that kind of thing. And it's exciting times in Liga if that does happen, so long as Barcelona don't tattletale too much at UEFA. But let's keep those fingers crossed at least. Um, We'll move on to your club now, Eric, and that's Lyon. And it's been a bit of a season of upheaval in the summer. Uh, they've lost Lacazette, obviously, to Arsenal. Uh, Corentin Tiliso has headed to Bayern Munich. A couple more players, Valbuena, Mamana, have all, have all left. Um, what do you think to the overhaul of this squad? Have, have they maybe let uh, too many go out of the door this summer? I don't... I think that in terms of letting players out the door, the fees that they've received for Tiliso, for Lacazette in particular, are not fees that they could, re- that they could ignore. Um, I think that they did very well to get maximum dollar out of those players. This is not something new. We've seen Jean-Michel Olas do this in the past, Alexa Benzema and Essien, really get fees that kind of surprised a lot of people in terms of, in terms of their, the numbers attached to these players. But, yeah, the team is in, in a tough position right now. I think that a lot, for me, is going to depend on Nabil Fekir. Uh, this player in 2014-15 was basically dominating Liga, even in, even in the France squad, Didier Deschamps had basically built the team around him uh, before he was, he was injured. They had tried an experimental uh, sort of a diamond uh, in, in that match in which he was injured. He had an uh, ACL that kept him out for all of the 15-16 season. But that, that level of potential, I think we had seen, we, we've seen that, sorry, from, from Vic here. And if he can come close to recapturing that, I think this team will be all right. But I, don't, I think that they're going to have to wait another year to get back into the Champions League at this point. Uh, there's a lot of intriguing players they brought in. I really like the looks of Bertrand Traore. Uh, Marsal, who played last season at Gangamp, has looked really bright going forward in the early stages. Uh, Marcelo, the center back from Besiktas, looks a, a, good, a good upgrade on, whether it's uh, Nkulu or, or whoever, uh, Yanga Mbiwe, whoever you want to say is dropping to the bench. I think Marcelo looks a potent partner to... Uh, to, to Diakabi. I think that the right back they brought in from Ajax, Kenny Tet, looks a, looks a good upgrade on Christophe Chalet. Uh, one of my favorite players, but again, someone who's 34 this year, how, how much longer is he a realistic option at right back, especially given his recent injury history? So I, I think that the team have put themselves in an interesting place, but there's just simply a lot of question marks. I, I think that the deficiencies that Leon have had in recent seasons in defense and in wide areas last season as well, I, I think that they're, I think that Lacazette's goal-scoring abilities really masked a lot of weaknesses on this side. And it's going to take a player like Fekir or maybe Memphis to step up to, to make this team be the team that got to the, that knocked out Roma that, and, and that looked fairly decent in the Champions League. They had a very tough group, obviously, with Juventus and Sevilla. But to be on that level again, I think that the, some of these players that have been in the team for a while, Maxwell Corne is another one, are going to have to really take a step up and become something approaching the, the talent that that they've hoped for. Uh, I question, I, I do question the departure of Mamana, though. I, we were just talking about this before we went on air, if you will. 
And this is a player that moved to the Zenit St. Petersburg today for a reported 60 million euro. Uh, Leon did make a profit on the player, something to the tune of 7 million euro. But the question for me is, is that Mamana was someone who I'd earmarked as someone that, could, that because of his ability on the ball and his range of passing, could potentially step forward into defensive midfield. In preseason, Leon have lined up with a 4-2-3-1. And I, th I think that with Tussart and, and Sergi Dardair, Lucas Tussart and Sergi Dardair playing in that central midfield area, but were one of those players to be hurt, uh, I think you'd be looking at Jordan Ferry playing in that central midfield role. And Ferry was an important player in 2014-15, hasn't played as much since. But I think if you're relying on Jordan Ferry to be, in the case of injury to one of those two, I think that you have a real potential for being in trouble. I really would have liked to have seen... Again, the window's not closed. I really would have liked to have seen Leon bring in an orthodox defensive midfielder uh, to replace Maxime Bonalon. They may still. Obviously, we've got a whole month left to the window, and, and Leon are still you know, very much in the black in terms of their, their transfer balance. So that, that could still happen. You know, there are a lot of good options in, in Liga. I'd like to see perhaps Valentin Ranger from Nantes is a young uh, central midfield player who I, I, I like quite a bit. And there's, you know, there's other options as well. But... It, it, there are still a lot of questions around this team. It's, I think it's exciting as a fan to see the team sort of turning over a new leaf. They got well to extract the values they did from Toliso and Lacazette, but I still think I'd like to see them spend another, another 20 or 25 billion to bring in a couple more players just to round this team out. An, an orthodox striker as well. I mean, the team really lacked that at the, at the moment in time. They loaned out Mateta who's very highly thought of, but very young. Fekir could be an orthodox striker, the same thing for Corne, but I think given their lack of experience in that role, especially if the team are playing a 4-2-3-1, I would be a little bit worried about not having a, a, the defined focal point that we would perhaps like to see. Uh, there are a lot of young players coming through as well. Hassan Awar in particular is one that I would keep an eye on, but it's going to be a, a tough season to start out for Bruno Genesio, and, and I think that we're, we need to look at how these young players develop. Otherwise, Leon could potentially find themselves out of Europe, especially if Lille and Marseille kick on like some people think that they will. I just wanted to ask you as well, that we've mentioned obviously the big transfers, but Matteo Valbuena is headed to Fenerbahce. You've mentioned Gonalon as well, who's headed to Roma and Jalais, obviously to, to Nice. Those three, plus possibly Lacazette as well, is there maybe a, a leadership void opening up as well at the club where the, the, We've mentioned a lot of young players coming in and, and a lot of young players coming through the ranks. Is there maybe a gap there where uh, someone of those kind of experiences, like a Valbuena, like a Gonalon, might be missed this season? You would think that on paper, but I really feel that Luca Tussart is ready to take that step up. I know he's very young, but uh, I believe he's 20. I, I, I think that he's ready to take that step up. I think this is a player who is going to be an important player for Leon, a leader for Leon. And I think that he also has the potential to take that, take that talent, take that ability to the national team as well in the next few years. Probably not next summer in the World Cup, but I think come, say, the 2020 European Championships, I think we're going to see him as a regular for Les Bleus. And I think we're, we're really looking at a, a hugely talented player, both in terms of his intangibles and his abilities on the pitch. I don't think that Leon will struggle too much in that way. There are, there are other players who have been there for a long time too. I don't think we should underestimate Anthony Lopez, the goalkeeper. He's also very vocal on the pitch. And, it, and there are plenty of teams who have done well with uh, goalkeepers as, as a captain as well. So it, it's not, not that Lopez is the captain, but I don't think that that's a handicap either. I know that there are some who would have it that 
you know, the captain, the leader should be an outfield player. I don't, I don't think that that's, that's necessarily the case. I think that Leon will be just fine in that regard. They've never seemed to suffer in years past. I know Gonolan has been a constant, but it did seem last year that he was starting to badly lose his, his, his form. And I think along with that, uh, there was something of a mental block for him in terms of his leadership. Now, all the best to him at Roma, but I think that I, I don't think that Leon will suffer too much uh, in what appears on paper to be a, a void of leadership, if you will. My last question then leads to someone that we've questioned a number of times last season and, and a little bit that led to the end of the season before, and that's Bruno Genesio. I know there's been a number of sales of high-profile players, but there's been a couple of decent signings they've made and a couple of decent outlays as well. Is What's the pressure like on him this season? If, if say, you, like you mentioned earlier, if Leon drop out of Europe, can they he really realistically stay on? No, I mean, I, I've never been that much of a fan of him. I appreciate what he did with the team down the back end of the 15-16 season, catching Monaco and getting second place. That was, that was well done. But I think that he proved last season, and rather decisively, that his lack of consistency tactically, his, his use of certain players... It just didn't make a whole lot of sense. I think that perhaps that might be a part, for example, of why Leon had been a little bit more reticent in the transfer market in that this is, this is a manager who, you know, how much influence he has in the transfer market is another story. But why Leon are perhaps a little bit loath to really open the checkbook is that they're not sure how attractive they might be to certain players and they also aren't sure whether, you know, quote unquote, giving certain players to, to Genesio is, is the best way forward. So I think it remains to be seen. And I do think, I think that's, that's probably it. Um, Genesio commented about a week, week and a half ago, that winning the Europa League is Leon's ambition this year. So it'll be interesting to see how that's managed in the league. Again, with the likes of Marseille and Lille being newly moneyed, uh, Bordeaux, I don't think are going anywhere. I, I think that Leon are going to have much more of a struggle to remain in European contention in the league this season. So that focus on the Europa League, which is going to have plenty of strong teams, high Arsenal fans uh, this year, is, is going to make that really difficult. So I, I think that Genesio has a chance to maintain his status, but he's going to be on, he's on, on borrowed time to start the season. And beyond that, I think, it, I think it's going to be really tough. That sounds like you're hoping for a Lacazette reunion sooner rather than later, for the sounds of things, at least. Um, let's move on to a club who's had a, a really interesting summer, and we, we didn't expect much less from them, really, with, with the new money. And that's Marseille. They've had a whole list of new additions, really, to the squad. They're Valais Germain, uh, Luis Gustavo, Steve Mondonda has returned, Adil Rami as well, and they've looked like they're going to integrate Lucas Ocampos. Now he's returned on loan as well. What do you think to this new look squad, really, Eric? A number of them are maybe on the older side, you might say, in the in the terms of Rami and uh, Mondonda, but there's some really interesting players added to this group, isn't there? Yeah, and let's not forget that Florian Tovan has been tied down to a permanent deal and Clinton Engie as well. I, I like these moves. I think that Marseille, even with their defensive frailties last season, got into Europe. Uh, they won the first leg of their... Uh, their European, Europa League playoff tie for two. So they're in a decent position to, to go through there. Uh, their turn league will obviously be this Thursday. I think this team is looking good. I think that I, 
I would have liked another left back. I don't think that a combination of Henri Bedimo and Patrice Evra is of a caliber to get you to the Champions League places in Liga. But again, there's still time. There's still time to advance on that. Um, but I think that the rest of the team, more or less, is decent. I, I my gut reaction. And I, I, I've talked with our regular correspondent uh, Muhammad Ali about this. Uh, is that some of these players just being a little bit older and Verami, it's not even age. It's just, he's a very slow footed player. I worry that Marseille in taking this tack of bringing these established veteran players are making themselves a cut rate PSG. Now PSG are only sustainable because of the fact that they have these deep pockets uh, as a result of the Qatari investment. Now Marseille have investment in the form of Frank McCourt, but Let's face it, the court's not operating on the same financial level as as, as the Qataris are. Um, so bringing in players that have a little sell-on value and are a little bit older doesn't seem to me to make a whole lot of sense. I mentioned this last season when they had bought Paye, that the quality and variety of players, younger players, that you could be developed, that could be developed a la Monaco in Liga is so high, so impressive that it just doesn't make any sense to bring in a player like like Rami, when you've already got an old defense in the form of of Rolando and, and Rod Fani and you know Thomas Hubachan, th- these sorts of players, it it doesn't it just really baffles me that you spend that sort of money. I know there are younger players. Doria looks like he's going to stay with the team. Ocampos as well. Hiroki Sakai is twenty six, twenty seven. So it's not that the team itself is totally old, but. I'd rather see more of a focus being placed on younger players. I know they did bring in Morgan Sanson. Maxime Lopez looked good coming up last year. But there's still, for me, a lot of questions about this. I understand that if success is the immediate mandate, that veteran players are more attractive. But how that looks in three or four years when these players are 33, 34, 35 is kind of another story. I also would probably like to see the team bring in another striker. I know Germain scored a hat trick on Thursday, but if Marseille are in Europe, they need a they need an, another recognized striker. I don't think that player is Clinton Angi, and I definitely don't think that player is Remy Cabela, who has played uh, as a false nine at times when Gomis was injured. I am kind of surprised they didn't keep Gomis. I, I think that I know he's kind of the butt of jokes. He's slow, but the guy scored twenty goals last season in the league. I think that speaks for itself. That Marseille could rely on you know a somewhat shaky defense. But if Germain goes down with injuries now, he's not had any histories, major histories of injuries in his career. Knock on wood, he stays fit. But it's a real question, you know, what Marseille do with that lack of depth at, at center forward, especially playing playing that 4-3-3 where that, that center forward is such an important focal point. I know Tovan can score goals. I know Paye can score goals. But just with how shaky that defense is, it could improve. I know I, I'm, not, I'm not ruling that out, but... It's it's very dicey for me. Even in their friendlies, I, I watched a couple of them. Uh, seeing how they were done by by balls done in by balls over the top really made me nervous. I, I think that this team is is putting itself in in a very risky position. I mean, yeah, they scored four goals against Ustenda in the in the Europa League, but they also conceded two uh, against better teams. That's just simply not going to be good enough. And I I, I worry that with all the young talent in France to spend the 40 million that they have this off season so far, I could have been much better invested domestically. I like the move from Andanda. 
I like the, the permanent signing of, uh, of Tovan, but and I like Sherman. He's a useful player as well, but it's just, a, I, I don't, I just don't agree with the overarching strategy that McCourt and his team have taken to this point in time. We've written ad nauseum about the, the quality of young players. Now, obviously prices are going up. The money that, that Ren paid for, for Saar, the money that um, was paid for Nicola Pepe, that boggles the mind. Saar is an incredible talent, but Pepe, I, I don't get that. I, I think that there's more of a premium on French talent at this point in time, but still, if you look at those prices that are being paid, I think that Marseille could have got better, better value and more diversity for their money. Yeah, and I agree. The, the amount of young players that they could have at least had a go for, it seems, it doesn't seem like they've really stretched themselves enough. I'm looking at, like you mentioned, centre-backs was a real issue last season and it doesn't look too positive. This with, with friendly performances and they conceded two in that Champions League, well, the Europa League game, even though they did end up winning 3-2. I, I don't understand why they didn't try for someone like Issa Diop. It might be a bit expensive, but he looks like an exciting player. No bids for Yoris Nyanyon. He's an exciting centre-back at Rennes. Even Christophe Julian at, at Toulouse is a little bit older, but he's only about 24 now. He's a really solid style of defender. I don't know why they've not tried to push the boat out on some of these. And and some of the young signings, like you've mentioned, that have gone through Saar, um, Mawasa as well, who left um, Nancy, he would have been easy to get as well. Possible left back if they needed to as well, like you mentioned with, with Ever and Bedimo really having to cover those positions. It, like you say, it all screams to me of short-termism, of trying to get into those, try and push themselves into those Champions League spots. I think they've possibly done this because of like we've already mentioned the potential weaknesses of Lyon at the moment and with Monaco losing quite a few players and maybe in a bit of, of transition themselves maybe going for those more experienced players might might gel a little bit quicker but it, it's it's a tough one to tell do you really think Eric that they could push for the Champions League this season I think if things go well yes there these players again have experience at a certain level, uh, Rami, Gustavo, in European play. And I think that, again, there's just so many questions about, about every other team in the league, bar PSG, that that who knows? Who knows how Bielsa will get his Lille team into shape? Uh, nice and Monaco are, are undergoing major reconstructions, as is Leon. And Bordeaux are relatively consistent, but, you know, haven't brought a whole lot of depth in in the window. We're going to speak with Robin about that in a few minutes. But again, Saint-Étienne, I don't think are going to improve. I think there's a lot of questions about how Oscar Garcia is going to shape that team defensively. I think their signing of Dioni is exciting. But we look at all the teams that have been in, in contention for Europe. There's Ren as well, spending a lot of money. And do can any of them, you know, trot out an 11 that has – the quality in each position, again, save left back, um, putting age aside, as Marseille, I, I don't think so. And that midfield, too, a midfield of Sanson, Gustavo, and Lopez, that's one of the better midfields in Liga. You know, I, I, I would argue that Monaco and, and PSG certainly have definitively better midfields at, at, this, at this point in time, but bar that, probably not. And if, if they can bring in another striker to allow Germain to to be used 
in different in different matches. I know Musa Dembele uh, from Celtic's been linked as well. Uh, so there's there's some exciting players being linked, but I, I think that another striker, yeah, could very very easily put them into that into that Champions League bracket this season. Just given the amount of questions that surround all those all the other contenders for those sides, yeah. for those spots rather. It's gonna it will cost them a lot to get Dembele, and they've been linked with a number of players. Giroud was another one that was named, but I, I can't really see that happening. And there's been plenty of names floated around there that get Marseille fans all excited and, and bits like that. But I don't know. I, I don't think they can overcome those defensive frailties unless they sign another couple, I think. I, I, like you mentioned, there's worries at left-back. I'm still very worried about centre-back, even though Adil Rami is a, a solid player, but they they relied a little bit too much on Pele last season. And Mondonda have pre, having pretty much a season out of football at, at Crystal Palace. He barely played. <sighs> I just worry about them too much defensively. Can are they going to have enough firepower to outscore teams every week? Are they going to really push the boundaries there? I don't know. Like you mentioned, it depends on more on the teams around them than their own performances. I think of whether they'll they'll really challenge for those Champions League spots. Really, but Eric, let's move on to a, a, another team that was really. Surprising last season for for a brief period, but really sunk in the second half of the season, and that's Gangomp. Um, they've had a relatively intriguing window. They've lost a few players, but Marcus Taram is a potential real prospect in the attacking areas. Can they push on from a, a good start to last season, or are you worried that they might continue what happened at the well the second half, or at least the start of two thousand and seventeen? Honestly, for me, I, I think that this team had its opportunity last season in terms of being a European, finishing those European places. I really was positive on Gangump through that first half of the season, but they really went on a downward spiral. And now all those players, I mean, obviously they're, they're younger, exciting players with the team at this point in time. But I think that the likes of a Jimmy Briand, the, the likes of, uh, of their center backs, losing Marcel, I just don't see this team taking a step up, unfortunately. And I, I love Antoine Camboire as a developer of young talent, but I just, I don't, I don't see Gangon being able to, to take the step up. I mean, they, they've also let, even a player like Pasama Sanko who went to uh, Khan, I think that he's, yeah, he's not a, a world beater, but just that, that level of depth that he brings, I think that, that we have to look at, at, at Gangomp is being somewhat somewhat suspect in, in terms of in terms of depth. I mean, the players they have brought in, I think that are are somewhat intriguing. I, I think that uh, Kamara from from Derby, who uh, was at uh, Angers previously, is, is is interesting. But beyond that, beyond Thuram, who you rightly mentioned, I think is an intri- intriguing pro- prospect. They haven't really um, brought in a whole a whole lot of players, and even another player like Neil Depaw, you know, not a world beater, uh, but again, someone who's who's versatile and can 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 add needed depth to that team. Now, right now, we're looking at you know one of the older squads in Liga, and and that's not been that's not something that's been changed. So, I think it remains to be seen. Uh, there's some younger players that have been brought in, Felix Aboa Boa from PSG, but I I don't know. I just can't see. A team that's another year older, like some Mustafa Diallo, Luka Doe, 
really kicking on, uh, especially with the improvements that, again, the likes of, of Lille and Marseille have made. I, I just, I really just don't see it. Yeah, and, and like you mentioned, another player that really had a successful season last season is Jimmy Briand, and whether you can keep pulling that out of him as he gets older and older, it's it's unlikely when you start taking the weapons out away from him. I'm, I bet they're pretty pleased to keep Saliba for at least the time being. I know there's still a couple of clubs linked with a move for him, and he had a, a good shot. I think he had a good finish at least to the end of last season, but like you mentioned, it, it seems to be they've cut sort of the depth out of from underneath that first team that they've sort of, let's say, trim the edges might be the best way of putting it of, of that squad. And you start to worry now that if they do have an injury to someone in those attacking areas, someone as important as Brian or Sally Burr, then who do you replace them with? DePaul was gone. He was a regular substitute, like I mentioned. Uh, Mondi's gone to Bordeaux as well. He he came on in their Champions League game. He's another striker that they're going to maybe miss on. And it all depends on maybe someone like Turam stepping up to the plate. And that's a risk, isn't it, Eric? Especially in this league where we've mentioned before that the middle table seems a bit a little bit muddled this season. And a couple of mistakes can drop you quite far, can't it? Yeah, I mean there are there are positives for Gang Cup. I don't want to be totally negative. I mean, Nico Benazay struggled for a lot of the season with injury. He can, he can regain fitness. I think he's a really intriguing player. And you rightly mentioned Thuram. He's a, a French youth international. I think that he can potentially give something. But again, he's a player who's 19 years old. I think that, again, Kambori is a good steward of young talent, but I, I don't think we've really seen these younger players kick on in quite the way we'd want. Marcus Coco, I think, flattered to deceive a lot of the times. And I'd say something fairly similar about Blah. He he didn't seem to really have a, a position. He's played on the right wing and central midfield on the left. I, I just there's just too many questions about this about this Gangon team. And yeah, I think relegation could be you know a real worry if if one of those center backs, Sorbonne and Kerbrat, again another year older for both of them. Uh, if one of them has a long term injury, I do really worry about the ability of this team to maintain a solid defensive base and give consistent, give attacking consistency. Luca Doe could play in central defense. I know he played there for not a little bit three or four seasons ago when he was with them, but there's just too many questions about this side's depth. And we saw injuries were a big concern down the back end of last season. You had a Coco hurt. You had Marsal hurt. You had uh, Jonathan uh, Pereira hurt. And, we saw not or again, I'm sorry, really struggle with that lack of depth. And I don't think that the current summer has done anything to alleviate those concerns. And that's the bottom line. If anything, it's made it worse. So again, a couple more injuries and gang could be once again, you know, struggling to avoid relegation. It could be a worrisome season for them indeed. Uh, we move on and invite our first guest of the evening and that's French football writer, Robin Byrne. Now, welcome to the show, Robin. Hi guys, how are you? Very good, thank you. We're gonna we're gonna start with the champions, and that's Monaco, and they've had a bit of an interesting summer, at least trying to fend off the crazy amount of interest for their players. They've lost Bernardo Silva very early on. Benjamin Mondi's left, as well as Timmy Bakayoko. There's a few extra additions like Yuri Tielemans and uh, Terence Congolo as well, who both started the Trophy de Champions um, on Saturday. Robin, how do you see them setting up this season? Are they still contenders for the title? 
I think after what they achieved last year, um, I think you have to consider them as, as potential title winners. Um, obviously, they've lost two or three big players, but they've been planning for that for a while. Um, you know, they said at the start of the summer that their whole uh, ethos this summer was to to possibly lose two or three players, but to try and replace them with younger players. And, you know, it seems like they've done that. Obviously, Tielemans is probably one of the highest rated young players in Europe at the moment. Um, he's still got a margin of progression. We saw on Saturday night that he can be a very effective player for them. And it'll be interesting to see how he develops. Um, I, I think they'll struggle to match the quality of PSG over the course of the season. Um, but then I think most people would have said that at the start of last season as well. And look at what happened to them. I, I guess they're, they're possibly in a sort of a bit of a transitional state now, but I don't see them selling any more players at all. Um, and I think what they've got now is pretty much how they're going to set up for for the whole of the season. Yeah, it looks like they're going to stand firm at the moment. But we mentioned that game on Saturday, Saturday, sorry, and especially in that first half, there was a lot of positive signs, really, especially from the likes of new lads like Tielemans and, and Congolo was at least decent. Do you think that Leonardo Jardim can stick with that four four two with the players he's brought in, or, or maybe he might have to switch things around during this season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think he was helped very much last year by the fact that four four two was so effective for them uh, for, for such, such a long period of the season. Um, and obviously, I would say Benjamin Mendy had a, a huge role to play in that because he was so effective going forward from left back. I, I guess it remains to be seen whether um, Terence Congolo can be quite as effective as that uh, this time around. And if he's not, which is which is doubtful, to be, to be honest, um, then he may need to look and, and assess his options. He does have a little bit of, of depth in his team, of course, um, you, you know, he had uh, João Matinho on the bench on Saturday, so he's he's quite a good option to be able to bring in into the middle midfield. Um, but I, I think going forward, I think the, the four four two works quite well because uh, Falcao links so well with uh, Kylian Mbappe, and I think that's going to be something that they'll really try and maintain over the course of the season. Eric, oh, oh sorry. I had written a piece for The Guardian about how Monaco can move forward, and I had advocated perhaps a diamond 4-4-2 with Lamar behind the strikers. What do you think about that? That would give uh, Tielemans and Montinho in central midfield with Fabinho behind them. Yeah, that would certainly be an interesting possibility, and that could be one of the ways they, they, they go forward. However, that does that formation is very, very reliant on the fullbacks being able to provide width. So, you know, they, they might have been more effectively at doing that if um, Mondi was still at, at the club. Um, but obviously, uh, Jibril Sidibe is on a very, very effective attacking threat, as we saw on Saturday with his goal. And um, it does look like Jardim's going to really encourage the fullbacks to push forward again this season. So, yeah, I mean, it could be something that they, they look at over the course of the campaign. Would you, what about Jorge, the, the young Brazilian that was brought in last January? Do you think he's ready to take a step up, or you prefer to see Congolo at this point in time? Um, I've not really seen too much of Jorge, um, I have to admit. Uh, from what I understand, he's, he's possibly a more attacking player. And I think possibly in certain situations that may well suit Monaco better. Um, so uh, Congolo might offer a bit more solidarity. Um, uh, apparently, from what I've heard, Orgy is a little bit weak defensively. Um, so it may, may well be that in perhaps the bigger games, so matches like against Paris Saint-Germain, maybe Lyon, Marseille-Lille, they look to be a bit more solid and play Congolo. And maybe against the weaker teams, they might look at having Jorge play. 
Might be a couple of interesting prospects to be fair, because I've seen Congolo play as a centre back, so they might even try a back yeah. three at some point with if Jorge's more of a attacking left back and, and try something a little bit different. But I wanted to bring back to someone who has moved on and we're we're all a little bit disappointed at least that um Bernardo Silva is no longer gracing Ligan with his wonderful presence. Is he probably the most difficult player for them to replace Robin given his specific tool set? Yeah, I think so. He was so effective for them. I mean, it's it's not very often that you see a player who's quite as technically gifted as that um, come into league on and um, and then be so industrious and be so uh, such a such a, an asset for the entire team, not just going forward but defensively too. Um, you know, there aren't too many players in world football with his technical abilities, and I think that the the aspect of the whole move that disappointed me most was. That Monaco didn't get more for him. Uh, I certainly think they could have ramped up his transfer fee a little bit by another ten or fifteen million. Particularly when you see the prices they got for for Mendy and Bakayoko. Um, yeah, I, I just can't see him being able to be replaced. I like Ronnie Lopez, but I just don't think he's a player who's not. He's certainly not yet in the same class as Bernardo Silva. No, and looking at Alan Sant Maximan, who came on as well at the weekend, he doesn't quite fit that mould yet. And it's a shame that Boshilia is still out as well, injured. He might be someone else that they might look to to fill that void. But we've briefly mentioned him in that uh, the young midfielder, Yuri Thielmans, who'll be the uh, replacement really for Bakayoko. What did you make to his first game? He, he looked pretty assured in that position and a, and a decent partner for um, Fabinho as sort of a deep-line playmaker. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not obviously not quite... Physically robust at the moment as Bakayoko uh, from Monaco, but he does look very technically assured. I've seen him play a little bit for Anderlecht, of course, um, in the Champions League, and you know he's a guy that's never really looked out of his depth. Um, although he has been introduced quite slowly, slowly into into first team football comparatively, I think. Um, you know, there's been a, comparative to his hype anyway. He's obviously been around for a few years now, but he's not always been a starter for Anderlecht, and he's, he's a guy who's. Uh, really seems to, to mature, um, and he he looks very accomplished. And uh, technically, he was very solid. He obviously picked the pass for Jibril Sidibe's goal, and he he certainly didn't look as though he was a player who's just been introduced into the team, and particularly such a young player who's just been introduced into the team. Just to finish our chat of Monaco off, um, Eric, I want to get you involved in this as well, and I'll I'll go to you first. Monaco have obviously brought in a lot of young players in the past and and that's been the core of their real model of getting success is there anyone in particular you're really excited about this season i think Amami um, torre this is a player who i've been very high on even going back to when he made that surprise start against arsenal in the champions league a couple of seasons ago i think that if we are to see this if if jardim is does not have the confidence to play ronnie lopez on a regular basis on the right side of that 442 and that is cd bay who plays who plays on the right wing if you will I think we're going to see an Amami Torre, a player who could potentially be, you know, one of the best right backs in Liga. I know that's a big shout. I know that we look at the quality of a Serge Aurier or Danny Alves, uh, but I I really think that Torre's ready to take that step up. He's a really complete player in terms of his defensive capabilities. He's not quite as dynamic as CDB going forward, but he's very quick. Uh, he doesn't have the crossing ability of CDB either on the right, but I think that Torre is very quick, very dynamic, very physically powerful. He, we saw him play at center back on occasion last season against City in the Champions League. He came on. 
and played center back. But I really think that this is a, a very, very impressive young player. And I think that we should be, we could be talking about him in the same financial breath as, as a Mendy, as a Silva, as a Bacchio who come next summer. Uh, if he kicks on the way, I think he will. Robin, who should we keep our eyes on? Um, you know, I, I quite like the shout of um, Alma Maituri, to be honest. Um, I know Eric wasn't quite so hot in his attacking capabilities, um, but he's actually a very, very good crosser. And I think he got a, a crazy number of assists considering the number of minutes he played last season. I think he got maybe five or six assists and he only played comparatively a handful of minutes. So, yeah, that's, that's a good shout. Um, I'm quite interested to see the young man from, from Barcelona who's coming to the team, uh, Jordi Mbula. I've heard very big things about him. It might be a little bit longer, maybe not this season that we really see the best of him, but maybe in two or three years' time. He's apparently a very, very exciting player. Uh, we've already mentioned Tielemans. Um, and actually, I quite like the look of a guy who's gone out on loan, Irvin Cardona. Um, he's gone to Circle of Bruges on loan, and I would have quite liked to have seen him because from the, the snapshots I saw of him last season, I think he looked like he could have been an effective player who could have been you know, quite an interesting backup for them to have. Um, particularly given that they've allowed Villers-Germain to go, so they might be a little bit light up front. Um, another guy, Alan Sam Maximum, again, we've mentioned him. If he can mature and become a, uh, a more intelligent player, I guess, he's got all the technical abilities to really become exceptionally exciting on the wing. Um, but unless he can really screw his head together, I think you know, he's possibly going to be one of these players that we refer to as what-if in the future. Yeah, I I wanted to get, I don't know, St. Maximin, I think that's an interesting one. I think that Bastia was the wrong move for him last season. Not having that, he's an incredibly talented player, but being asked to do so much in that Bastia system when there weren't any other players that were creative on the ball, say maybe, you know, a 36-year-old Gael Danich, I, I think yeah. that that really, I think, is, has, has and could potentially even further hinder his development. Uh, he's been around for a while, but... At, at, you know, at Tielemans, like he's twenty years old, but I, I don't know. I, I I feel like that you know, not being able to work within a team ethos like 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 the best best sides require, being just given a run of the pitch at, at Bastia, I think has really stunted his development in terms of his ability to be a team player. This is, I think, someone who we should be should have seen more from at this point uh, in the French international youth sides, but we really haven't. I think that that speaks volumes about what his real what his abilities in the pitch are versus his abilities to play within a, a given system. Yeah, and there's a lot of good takes there. And I'm looking forward to Bushilia coming back as well. He was really excellent when he did play last season. And I think we should all keep an eye on this younger 18-year-old striker they've got up front as well. He's, he seems like he might be an interesting player in the years to come. Um, we'll move on now to Bordeaux, who had an excellent 2017 and and have got off to a good start in the Europa League qualifiers as well, Robin. And But that means they are competing on two fronts, at least for now, this season. Have they done enough, really, in the transfer market in terms of depth to try and really compete for both competitions, at least in a competent kind of way? I mean, they've brought in a few little players, but there's nothing groundbreaking. What do you think to their summer? No, I mean, I would have to agree with you there. Um, I've been quite surprised that Bordeaux haven't been more active in the transfer window, to be honest. Um, you know, we've seen them sign Jovanovic and Savali, who were already on their books at the end of uh, last season on loan. Uh, they've just confirmed their place in the squad. Obviously, um, Benoit Castillo, who's a very experienced keeper in Liga, he's arrived. 
Um, but I don't see him as a massive upgrade on Cedric Carrasco, to be honest. Um, and I believe they've also signed uh, uh, Alexander Mendy from Gangong, who's he, he's not he's not the sort of player that I would have instantly thought of being a, a sort of Bordeaux standard um, striker. I, for me, I, I know he's still young, but he's still a bit clumsy. Um, he looks sort of gangly on the ball and I don't think he's a particular adept finisher. Um, and their final signings, a uh, midfielder called Lucas uh, Lerage, um, who's come from Belgian football, and I have to admit, I've, I've not seen him play at all, so I don't know anything about him. Um, and for me, it was it was surprising to see some of the players have let go. Uh, obviously, Adam Munas is gone. Uh, the money that Napoli were paying for him, they couldn't really refuse, particularly... <clears throat> excuse me, after uh, he had really quite an average season by what uh, Jocelyn Gurvenek would have hoped uh, last year. Uh, Nicola Palwa, who was always a solid defender, um, even Frederick Gilbert uh, had an excellent season at Caen on loan. And Enzo Crivelli, who similarly was excellent on loan at Bastia, I think he could have done a um, done a better job than Mendy in, in, in their team. Uh, so I've been surprised by their transfer window as a whole. I don't think it's been particularly successful. I'm not convinced the squad's any better than it was last season. And and therefore, I think it follows that I don't think they can compete effectively on two fronts. Yeah, and I watched Lerage in that game, in the Europa League at least, and I don't quite understand what they expected from him, really. I think they left Valentin Varda on the bench as well for that game, and it seemed a strange decision to leave out the Argentine that did so well last season, at least in the last couple of games as well. But um, talking about some of their attacking players, at least anyway, they they started the likes of um, Francois Camano and, and Malcolm in that game on Thursday night. Are those two players really key for them this season going forward, especially like you mentioned, Unas going uh, Crivelli as a striker going as well. They need those two to be more as productive as they were last season, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Um, both Malcolm and Kamano were excellent in the second half of the season. You know, it obviously took Kamano a few months to settle in Bordeaux, but once he settled, he was he was really one of the stars of the second half of the season, certainly for Bordeaux. Um, you know, if you look at their other attack, attacking options, sorry, uh, Gaetan Labor is probably a, a reasonable striker. Um, Diego Rolan doesn't really seem to want to be at the club, um, so who knows what's going to happen with him before the end of uh, the end of August? And obviously, Tom Aturi, who could be a huge player for them, but obviously suffered this uh, serious injury, serious muscular injury last year, and it's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back. So I, I think on paper there's a little bit of depth there, particularly out wide, but but just a little bit now. Um, but there's so much pressure on Malcolm and Kamano and both are young players. It's going to be difficult to see how they can produce what they produced in the second half of last season on a regular basis. If they do, there's certainly no chance of both of them being here uh, if we speak again in 12 months' time. Eric, what do you think to this team? I mean, they did have a really excellent end to 2017. Can they really still push for Europe this season? Looking at a couple of weeks ago, I would have been more optimistic. But now, letting Palwa go, and, and it seems like giving Tula Alon the place of priority to play next to Levchuk or next to Jovanovic in that central that center of defense, 
really gives me a lot of worries about their defensive, about their midfield. Uh, I, I think Sankara had a great season last year after coming in in the winter, winter window. Vado really came on leaps and bounds. Lerage, I think, is a very useful player. He can play in any of those three positions. Um, starting him over Vada is a little confusing given how, how exciting Vada can be with the ball at his feet uh, on Thursday, but I think that remains to be seen. He'll be given priority over the, over the course of the season. Uh, but that defensive midfield, I, I like Arambari. He's an intriguing young prospect, but there, there's a real lack of depth then between central defense and defensive midfield. If Tulalan is going to operate primarily as a defender, which it does seem like he's going to, then you've got a lack of depth in, in defensive midfield. But if you push him forward, then you really don't have another another defender. I mean, you have, okay, you've got Teo Pelinar can play there, but he's not really a center back. He's more of a left back. Jovanovic is an intriguing player, but he's very young and showed that he still has some deficiencies in his game physically. I think that not not in terms of his strength, but his his tackling ability. I think he's still a little over-enthusiastic, shall we, shall we say, and commits a few too many fouls. So I think defensively, as exciting as, as Bordeaux could be last season going forward, particularly after they adapt, they switched to that 4-3-3, bringing in Sankare and starting Vada on the board. I think that defensively, you know, a team that I've seen is perhaps being looking at fourth, maybe even third if things go well. I think that lack of depth and balance in the Europa League could be a real issue for them, and I'm becoming less and less high on them as time goes on and I don't see them bringing in players that add depth where they need it and letting in a player like Papua, he's a head case. I think that we've seen that time and again, there's something I, I think that his, his issues with anger or whatever you have, his composure on the pitch are, are really lacking. But in terms of his technical ability is one of the better center backs in league. I'm not saying he's, you know, going to be in my team of the year. But he's, he's above average for league. And Seeing him sold to not for a relative pittance, I know he's, you know, he's 29, 28. He's not a young player, but he was very important for Bordeaux last season, despite his foibles. And I think that lack of depth this presents, which that presents them, that this move, sorry, will present them with, uh, could really be problematic uh, as they try, and, especially if they do advance to the group stage in Europe. And and finally, really on, on Bordeaux, Robin, we've sort of mentioned how middling this summer has really been with the increase in quality of the teams around them in the likes of Marseille who've just finished above them and and Lille have they sort of caught themselves stuck in the mud of, of not really progressing when they, they possibly had a, an opportunity to sort of rise along with them yeah I think so I think it was always going to be a sort of awkward season for them because uh, Lille and, and Lille and Marseille sorry were we're always able. We're always going to be able to to spend much more money than in Bordeaux this summer. But I think there's been almost a, a sort of lack of ambition to go with them at, at this stage. Um, Bordeaux are a team that you you kind of associate with um, being in Europe and certainly pushing for the Champions League spots. And as Eric said, I just don't. I just don't see how it's possible this year with the squad they've got at this stage. You know, they might pick up, and I think they're actually going to have to pick up two or two or three more players. Um, but at, the, at this stage, I, I just can't see how it's possible for them to, to compete on two fronts effectively. And as you say, uh, you, they just look so far behind Lille and, and Marseille, at least in terms of their, their personnel at the moment. And that's a real worry, really. If, but they caught us adrift last season, so I won't be surprised if they end up maybe doing something. Thank you, Robin, for joining us again. It's a pleasure always is having you on. Thanks, guys. Pleasure to be here.
Right, we move on, Eric, to Caen, who, again, have had an interesting summer in the sense that they've brought in a couple of players that they had in on loan, like like Gilbert, we've mentioned already. They've also brought Giku in from Bastia, but a lot of things seem to be hedging on what they're tending to do with Jan Caramo with his contract expiring next summer and a couple of clubs sort of underbidding what they're expecting, like the likes of Fiorentina and the such. Is that sort of murky moment with him really blurring their transfer window and making them a little bit behind others and possible, again, relegation candidates? I'd, you know, I'd like to see Carmo stay at the club, but I think Conor had a really good window. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a club of their means, um, they've gotten younger in key positions, bringing in Jiku to replace uh, Yaya, for example, uh, someone who can play centre-back or right-back, I mean, uh, keeping... Uh, Frederic Gilbert. I mean, this is a this is a player who uh, has is versatile. Can play as a wing back, wing back, a center back, orthodox right back. Uh, really, really like that move. Um, they've got Vincent Bessa and uh, Imoru as options on the other side. They've kept Valentin Boissin. They brought in Baisama Sanko from from Gangop. Uh, Steph Peters, uh, the the Belgian. This is a team that's. Younger, uh, they're, you know, they're not relying on a Steve Malbronk or, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Julian Ferre. Yes. Uh, no, no, the, the, the even older player. Uh, <laughs> just retired. He'd been there for forever. Oh, um, he's not on the list, I don't think so. Uh, uh, Nicholas Soup. Yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah, I think that this team's gotten younger. Uh, and while it is disappointing to see you know, the likes of, of, uh, McKengo say leave. I think that Connor in a better position. Garan has always shown himself to, you know, be astute enough tactically to get the best out of this team. They've maintained key players, uh, like Ronnie Rodland, like Ivan Santini, who were very impressive for them last season. And I, I yeah, I think that this team is, is more complete. They're still a little bit lacking in, in depth in, in certain attacking positions. If Santini or Rodlin were to be injured long-term, I would have some questions about their ability to get things done, particularly if Carmo does leave. But no, I think Connor are in a better position than they were two or three months ago at the end of the season. I, I really, really like uh, the moves they've made and have been, I think making this team younger and more complete uh, is absolutely the way forward. And, and even in keeping Garand, I think that I know he's not, you know, he's been sort of uh, an up, had some, had not had any defined success with Caen, but keeping the team of this means in the league year after year, especially when they've been oftentimes forced to lose some of their best players. And I think we, we look at Makengo this summer, uh, Rafael Guerrero in years past, Angolo Kante, Toma Lamar. They're always a selling team. And Garant has kept them in the division. And I think that now he's got a younger, more versatile team at his hands. I think that Connor in a really good position. I, I, I would be very surprised to see them uh, struggle the way that they did last season. Yeah. And I, I, although I would like Caramo to stay, I, I really hope that a club do put in the 10 million euros that Connor asking for, because you don't want to see a small club like that, not getting the money they probably deserve for developing a player like that. And to lose him on a free next summer or, or for the 3 million that Fiorentina were trying to throw at them, it will be, a little bit of an insult, really, to the club. Hopefully, that can be something they see in the future. But we move on and welcome our second guest of the evening. That's Samuel Rook of the um, of the uh, Bleacher Report. Welcome to the show, Sam. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. 
Pleasure as all ours. Um, we'll start off with Toulouse with you, and they've reinforced their squad really with a few attacking players. With Corentin Jean signing a permanent deal, and former Arsenal man Yaya Sanogo joining as well. Um, what do you think to their summer transfer window? Has they done enough to really maybe attest to that slide that they had in 2017? Well, it's difficult. They've made some smart moves. Corentin Jean was very solid on loan last season, and the story was he was going to be part of a deal that would take Issa Diop the other way to Monaco. That didn't happen. They've kept Issa Diop, which is so, so important. And getting Corentin Jean, that's great. That's a good start. Yaya Sonogo, too. He's great for Liga. He's big. He's strong. He's quick for this level. Didn't really get a look in at Arsenal, but great player at youth level. Won the Under-20 World Cup. He can really do something with Toulouse. Fresh start, new chance. But big loss in Martin, Martin Braithwaite. He scored a third of their goals last season, a third of their goals the season before. He's gone. They haven't really got someone who's going to guarantee them goals in the way that he did. Uh, and Oscar Trejo as well. He's left on a free transfer. That's another loss of goals and assists. So it's, it's difficult to assess... Uh, to lose his summer so far, but the key thing is they didn't lose Diop and they didn't lose Alban Lafont, the goalkeeper. Yeah, and then adding in the mix of someone like Kawzak, who's a maybe an explosive character, maybe saying the, that politely, that might be a weird, volatile mix. Um, you mentioned the few defensive players there, Lafont and, and Diop, and obviously they've kept Julian as well, and they've got some interesting fullbacks. Will that be key for them this season of that young defence that they have that was really impressive at times last season, continuing to grow as a, as a unit? Absolutely. That's what they're all about. Toulouse had the fourth worst attack in Ligue 1 last season, but they spent most of the season in the top half because they just don't concede goals. Uh, they had the fourth best defence. Only the top three had a better defence than them last season, and that is absolutely uh, Dupraz's uh, focus. Uh, he said uh, today, I believe, that the defence is going to be key again. It's going to be very hard to roll over the top of them, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to set up to not get beaten first, and that's, again, that feeds into the signings they've made. They've looked at quick guys, quick guys who are going to work on the counter-attack, and Sonogo's strength there to hold the ball up when they do break. Yeah, and Eric, I want to bring you in on this, and it's an interesting mix, like we mentioned. They've added some fresh blood up front. There's an exciting young defence, but... Is there maybe a couple of worries about midfield? I know Alexis Blind has been decent last season, but is there maybe a, maybe a lack of creativity in there? Yeah, I think in, in losing Trejo, I would say that. I think Blind and Bodiger are really impressive players in that central area of midfield, but lacking that creativity of, of Trejo, I, I think that you're looking at a you know, very thin roster in terms of players who can create create chances. And I, I, I definitely agree with Sam about you know, the potential for Sonogo to really impress. But I mean, if we're looking at, I mean, Jimmy Dermaz, I mean, what, who are the creative players on this team? I mean, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I really struggle with looking, looking at this side. Um, there's certainly players who can put the ball on the back of the net, but that link between a solid defense and a decent attack, especially for Liga, is I think really what this team or team are going to struggle with. I think that, Dupra is going to have to ha have to enact a tactical shift, uh, moving away from that 4-2-3-1 that he tended to favor last season uh, to play something that uh, perhaps allows the central midfielders a little bit more uh, license and attack, uh, maybe a 4-3-3. But again, they don't really have wide players. Maybe Jean and Dermas can play in those roles. 
it's it's going to be an, an, an interesting uh, beginning to the season for for Toulouse. If they don't get cut adrift, I don't see the I don't within the first two months or so, I don't see relegation being a worry. But it's it's going to take a lot of doing from Dupra. And again, this is a, a manager who you know you think back to the the run in two thousand sixteen is the way he you know scraped that team off the bottom and, and got them survival. And they were they were decent last season, but perhaps under, underachieved a little bit, drifting towards the end of the season. I think it's going to take a real test of his tactical mouse to get this team where they should be, uh, given their history. Sam. Sorry, I've got an echo there. I didn't catch that. To lose. Sam, can you hear me? I just now, yep. Yeah, um, that's all right. Um, do you hear? Do you think Toulouse will be sort of stuck in mid-table with so many teams above them, <clears throat> at least improving? I think they'll be satisfied with mid-table, with mid honestly. I mean, the squad, as we've sort of covered, is a little bit thin. A handful of injuries to the wrong players and they could find themselves in trouble. There are worse teams than them. and But honestly, mid-table would be, I think, a pretty solid uh, finish for this group this season. Yeah, I think they'll be more than happy about that. We'll move on now to a team that's had an absolutely insane window, really, by any standards, and that's Lille. Lots of big moves, lots of big players, a, a big manager as well, Sam. Um, what can we expect from this group? I mean, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a couple of interesting prospects there. What do you think for Ledo this season? Well, I mean, as you say, when you have this much turnover in a summer, it's difficult to make grand predictions they've signed 15 players they've uh, let go almost as many there's still a handful waiting to leave like Vincent and Yema uh, uh, Marvin Martin the players like this who are still probably going to leave so it's difficult to predict but this team already is playing Bielsa football the, their preseason matches have been impressive uh, quietly impressive they look really strong I think they will they will be up there not title challenging, perhaps, but they they could very well be the niece of this season. Eric, I want to bring you in on this as well. And you mentioned uh, Nicola Pepe earlier as well as as a bit of an interesting signing, maybe a bit too much. But there's Thiago Maia, who's got a lot of hype about him. We've talked about Kevin Malqui a number of times as well, and, and his prospects. What do you think that their summer signings? Then is there some is there plenty of intrigue here of, of exciting footballers coming in? Yeah, I think so. I, I the two that I really like. Uh, again, I this might sound a little bit a little bit uh, short sighted, but I think we've seen that the style of Liga has been somewhat difficult for players to adjust to coming in at times, particularly if they haven't played European football before. Uh, Jemerson from Monaco would be a great example of someone who came in January of sixteen, but really took sort of that six months in a preseason to adjust. So. The Brazilian players I don't disagree are really intriguing and really interesting, uh, and I really think can be important down the road. And I, I wouldn't also underestimate, by the way, Bielsa's ability to get them up to speed more quickly than perhaps other managers would. But I really like the signings of Kevin Malqui, uh, who had been linked with a variety of Premier League. I think that in terms of his dynamism, his directness, I know it sounds ludicrous given that Korsh is a French international, but I think that 
in terms of energy and, and a style of play, I think that Malqui is better going forward than Korsha. Korsha is probably a better play overall, but given how exciting that, that he could be on, uh, and from right back, I think that's impressive. And the young center back, Edgar Aie from uh, Belenenses, uh, you know, a Portuguese uh, under-21 international, uh, fairly accomplished at center back, given, especially given his age. I really think he could be a very important player as well, particularly given that you know this team is getting, uh, you know, still has some questions in terms of central defense. They were forced to play um, Sumauro, or not Sumauro, uh, Amadou in, in central defense last season uh, when Sumauro was injured. Uh, Marco Basha is still a decent player, but he's no younger. And Junior Alonso doesn't really convince me, to be honest, as a center back. I think he could be a decent option at left back, but I think that. Uh, that's a, that's a question mark as well. So, yeah, I, I, I think there's I think that they've done well, but those Brazilian players in particular could take a little bit of time to to blood in. And, and in the meantime, I think that we should look at the at those two in particular, IA and, and Malquis being important. Again, Pepe, this is a player who couldn't start for Angers. I don't get the fee attached to him. Uh, Leon had been linked to him. My my reaction as a fan was, why you have Maxwell Cornet, who's a year younger and and better. At present, I, I just don't get the hype around this player. I think that he's he's cut rate Saint Maximin, and Saint Maximin's already cut rate version of something else. I, I don't get the hype. Maybe Bielsa again has this reputation for improving young players can get the best out of him. Bielsa perhaps sees him as a pet project or something. But for the money, great for Angers. I think they reinvested really wisely. We'll get to them later. But I I don't see it. I, I think that. Lille are an exciting team. I think they brought in some some good players to add to what they have. Um, Martin Terrier is a young young left winger who I, I, I see big things for as well. But I don't see I see given the lack of European experience for some of these players that have come in, it could be being a little bit difficult for this team to hit the ground running. If things really line up well for them, you know Europe is definitely a possibility. Maybe even Champions League, given the amount of uncertainty that's in, that's uh, in and around the top seven. But uh, yeah, it's it's again. This this team is the ultimate wild card in the league. I, I could see them finishing anywhere from second to eleventh. It's just strange and cutting words on Pepe, Eric. Um, Sam, I want to talk about a couple of the <laughs> couple of the departures as well. I mean, there's a lot come in, but Koshi has been allowed to leave, and maybe a little bit easily. Although Malqui is a relatively decent replacement, and Naim Sleety has been allowed to join Dijon on loan, and he had a at least was one of the brighter spots of last season, is maybe too much upheaval this soon, a little bit of a risk? Uh, definitely. It's definitely a big risk. But, I mean, that's Bielsa. You know, he's not he's not known as El Loco for nothing. It's, it's very much his way or the highway. The club have backed him to the hilt. They've spent a lot of money. They've made big, big changes. You know, a guy like Korsha being allowed to leave, uh, other, other long-term stalwarts of the club being allowed to leave, they believe in him. Uh, and I guess until we have evidence otherwise, we're all going to have to try that. And, yeah, is that, that the main focus this season, really, of, of what Bielsa can do with this squad and how quickly he can sort of transform them into this behemoth that he tends to pull out of teams, especially as we've seen fast starts when he was at, at Marseille previously? Yeah, I mean, that's it. It's all really just down to Bielsa. He is the, he's the star signing more than any of these other guys. Thiago Maia is a really exciting player who really could be something special. Um, but it's all just down to Bielsa. If he can transform these players, if he can get some of the young players coming through, developing at the rate he has done at 
virtually all his other clubs. Uh, it's taken time, a few months sometimes, but he usually gets this thing going pretty quickly. Uh, as you say, Marseille, uh, athletic club as well, and previously in Mexico and Argentina, he does this quickly, he does it well, and his teams are just great fun. Yeah, and that's it's especially what we're going to have this season, I think, from Lille, hopefully, at least. Uh, thank you for joining us this evening, Sam. It's been a pleasure to have you on. All right, thanks, guys. We'll move on to another team now that I've had maybe a little a bit of a... Not a great summer, I wouldn't say, necessarily, Eric, unless you've spotted anything that's really pulled out for you. But Dijon have lost um, their main striker in Luis Dione, who's head to Saint-Étienne, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. But does losing a player like that that scored so many goals and was a real focal point for their style, especially given how many goals they conceded, does that really cripple them this season? Or with the likes of Jano and Wesley Said coming in, are they good enough? I have my doubts. I think that Dijon's shakiness at the back last last season uh, certainly doesn't inspire any confidence in me. And and Lise Malou and, and Dione, I think I think Dione could be just what Saint Etienne. I know we'll get to them later, but I, I really like that move for Saint Etienne, even given the premium, which I think was the club. I think was a club record. Um, but Lise Malou. You know his creativity and versatility too. He could really play in any any of the midfield roles, even di- even different systems. I think that the players they brought in have a decent amount of experience. Jano, Said, Latoa, Sliti, Bianberry from Bordeaux, all have played in the to some extent, but I but none of them have ever really been given a consistent run in the team or have demonstrated that they're worthy of it. And I I just see them as being players of a quality. Below, below Liga, and I don't see Dijon for that reason being able to maintain their 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 status. Now, that being said, I think the bottom seven or eight teams in this league are all have serious flaws, and by dint of that, Dijon could stay up. Uh, I, I like Olivier Delario as a manager. I think he is someone who, again, credit him coming up last season and playing positive attacking football. Dijon, we're good, we're good to watch. I think we shouldn't we shouldn't sell them short on that. But this is a team that I, I think that, and also you know, Sab Delamide, you know, is a decent player as well. Going to Rennes, the fact that Elite Desai can offer him more promise of promotion, maybe better wage, better wages. That's surprising as well. I just, I, I can't see, I can see Dijon doing okay, but only because other teams are so much worse than them. It's a real worry. And you mentioned losing Lise Melou, who's gone to Nice and did okay, probably in the Champions League game. But that's yeah, they're a real... being very charitable there, Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was the worst player on, on the pitch for Nice. It's a nice jump up for him, at least, anyway. Not, maybe not so for Nice, but... Yeah, they're, they're two big losses, really. I really worry about them this season. Um, we start, well, we're going to introduce, introduce our final guest of the evening and joining us for the rest of the show is the excellent Adam White. Thank you, Adam, for joining us. No worries, Nathan. Good to, good to hear from you. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, we'll move on to that team that we've briefly touched on, and that's Saint-Etienne, who've mm. got a new manager in Oscar Garcia. They've got Luis Dione in to score the goals now. Is this finally the lever we were hoping for that they maybe can push on, given the uh, the improvements of these some of these other sides around them? 
Um, I would like to say yes, but unfortunately, um, I think I'm going to have to stick to my usual opinion on Sinetian on, on, on our podcast on Thursday nights over the course of last season in that they're just very, very uninspiring. Um, I think the loss of Christophe Gautier, although it was the right decision for him to leave, will prove, in the short term at least, very difficult for them to overcome because they had an average, very average squad. And especially in midfield, they lacked creativity, they lacked pace, and they lacked any sort of dynamism in, in that sort of area of the field, and they struggled to score goals. They were very, very solid defensively, and they built on that defensive base for many years, and he really grinded results out of what was a what was an average an average squad. And without him, I'm, I, I don't see that kicking on. I, I don't know that Oscar Garcia is the type of manager that perhaps Sanetian fans were hoping for, um, I know that they, the people like Claudio Andieri are linked at one point. Obviously, he went to Nantes in the end, and there were a few other names that are probably a little bit more exciting and more inspiring. I know that he did a good job at Red Bull Salzburg. They kind of changed their philosophy and sort of trying to become the Basel of Austria, making the Champions League group stages every so often and pushing on from there. And it wasn't really working, so they switched up their, their strategy and dialed it down a bit, and they still were successful in the league. But I don't know that he's got the the credentials to take this team and they can step on from Gauthier. They're very, very aware that they don't have the resources of the other top six, seven clubs. And they've said, you know, they're proud to be like a French-owned club and everything. But I think if they had foreign investment, you know, as a possibility, they would, you know, gladly take it. Because I think they're a step behind, even two sets behind the top seven that Eric mentioned previously. If you look at their squad... I think Diony is a good signing. I like him a lot. I think him and Tavares are great for, for Dijon last season. And I think, you know, he's got 11 goals last last year in the league. It's difficult to score goals in. So I think for Sanetien, he, he could be a really nice little signing. Um, if they can keep Berich fit, I think he can score goals too. So there, there is sort of some sort of light there. But you look at their midfield again, it's the same sort of situation, you know, um, with uh, Fabian Lemoine leaving, they're, they're down to Brian Dabo, Vincent Paggio, Ola Selness, Clement's still out in the cold. Uh, Kenny Rocha Santos is 17 and he's sort of come into the side in preseason at the end of last year and looks interesting, like a bit more sort of a little bit more flair perhaps, but they just lack ideas in that area. And I really think without Gautier sort of nous and sort of that league and nous that he really showed over an extended period, I, I, I fear for them the season. I, I really think they're looking at bottom half as it stands. Mm, interesting one. Now, Eric, I want to bring you in on this and there's a few interesting departures really. Neil Balpay's gone, uh, Malquis gone as well, obviously to Lille like we mentioned earlier. Nolan Rue has finally been pushed out the door as well. If they maybe sort of not quite done enough, I mean, I know we, you mentioned you really like the signing of Dione, but other than that, they've not really pushed... Sorry, Nathan, you, you're just cutting out a bit. What is a hard... Nathan, you're just cutting out a bit for me. They may be not... I'm sorry, Nathan. I'm, I'm not getting any of this. Try something. Nathan, I'm not, I'm, I didn't get any of that. I'm sorry. Me at all? I, you're you're cutting out. I I, I guess I'll address Sinetian's um, signings that I, I do like. Sedianko from uh, Celtic, I think, has a lot of potential at right back to come in immediately and replace uh, Gavin Malqui. But the rest of the, the the players they brought in, it is it, besides Dioni, it is largely the same thing. But <sighs> I don't know. I, I think if you look at the quality of these players on their day, the likes of Apajo, Selnes, Dabo, uh, 
it, even Romana Muma, Kevin Money Paquet, Laura Perrin, there's still a decent amount of 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 quality. These these are all above average league on players. And I don't think that Saint Etienne are gonna fall off a cliff. I just think Europe's unlikely, I think, at this point in time. I don't see them being top six. Am I getting any better now? Can everyone hear me go okay? Yes. Yeah. Super. Um, yeah, I agree. They they look like I was mentioning very quickly that they sort of sat still and not really pushed on enough, for, especially with the clubs around them. I know they've not quite got the resources, and they're going to trust a couple of more in the younger players, like when with Malcolm gone. His name escapes me, but it's RPG. I always remember that. <laughs> it's, um, Gabriel. Yes, um, they're, they're clearly going to probably push him into that role. Although Yanko will also have a, a question mark about that, but they've just not. Again, they've not addressed the midfield issue that's been an issue for two or three seasons now. They've not probably got enough width strength. I know Amuma is still a, a very good player, but they maybe need someone on the other side as well that's really going to push them forward. I do worry about it. I think they'll maybe not drop as far as the bottom half, but they are going to be a mid-table side this season given given the strengths of everyone else, at least what from what we've seen so far. Let's move on to... A uh, new team to Liga, and that's Amien, who had a terrific moment, really, in that final game of the League 2 season, scoring in the very final seconds to to get themselves up. But being in that surprise package, Adam, from last season, where they, they really did successive promotions, are they going to struggle? It's always a tough one for, for these teams that have such little resources. Yeah, it really is. You're absolutely, absolutely right. Um, it's an interesting one because... They've made one or two interesting signings. And if you look at sides that have been promoted in the last couple of seasons, um, they sort of almost fall into one of two categories in that one, they go out and they sign experience and they sign sort of, you know, quality in terms, not just from Liga, like maybe some Liga experiences. Mets did last year, sort of Renault Clad, Diabato, those sort of players came in. Or they sort of they sort of repackage themselves after promotion from, from Liga, as Nancy did last year. They didn't really sign anybody anybody in particular they won the league obviously in the league of the season before and and they sort of used that that quality and that 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 base if you like to build on that success in in league and obviously they, they go one of two ways Mets last season just stayed up in my opinion if they hadn't signed Diabati they 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 wouldn't they would have been relegated and Nancy were a bit unlucky towards the end of the season came very very close despite what was a poor squad by league and tenants and Ambion sort of are, are sort of similar to Nancy in that they haven't really gone out and signed too many players. I mean, I think Mattia Bodmer has come in, and I think that's a really, really good signing from, from their point of view. Although, yes, he's 34 now, but he's got so much league experience at so many big league and clubs at PSG and, and, uh, and Leon and various Marseille. I think he may have maybe not played for Marseille, but he's played for quite a few league and clubs, and he's been around the block, and he really knows, really knows you know, he'll be a really, really good for the, for the dressing room, for the, for the squad in general, and helping the, sort of some of the younger players and less experienced players coming through. So he's a good signing, but when you're looking behind him, there really isn't anybody that stands out except Gail Kakuta, who hasn't hasn't actually played for them yet. He's got some weird contract dispute with Hebo China Fortune, where they're sort of <clears throat> trying to sort of arrange, a, sort of finalise the deal. So there's question marks whether they even sign him. So you're looking at like a league der squad, and it's not a league der winning squad. It's a league der squad that got promoted by the skin of its teeth, as we saw on the last day of last season. So going by going by that that sort of that sort of you know that sort of form, if you like then they're, they're going to be really in trouble this season. And I think we look a season further back when Trois won League de, <clears throat> and got promoted, excuse me, 
they were unable to sign players because of financial restrictions and the LFP were, were sort of came down hard on them for not meeting their budget. And they, as we know, hugely struggled in a very similar way to, to, to Nancy did towards the end of last season. Obviously, not, Pablo Carrera was a bit more wise and he, bit, he, sort of, he sort of used his squad in slightly different ways, whereas Toro a bit open at the back and they were suffered terribly of injuries. But I hope from Amion's point of view that they're going to be towards the Nancy end of this venture rather than towards Twire, the, the sort of the Twire sort of form as, as they were in, in two seasons ago. So I think either way they're going to be in a relegation battle. But I think given the way they played last season and they definitely showed a lot of a lot of sort of togetherness and team spirit and it's the kind of thing that you talk about promoted sides and the stuff that, that kind of does feed into the way they're going to perform in League 1. So it'd be really interesting to see how they, how they carry over their league uh, displays and whether they try and play the same time of football they did at the end of last season or they try and be a little bit more defensive. I know they've played five over the back in a few in a few preseason games, so there may be a, sort of that sort of that idea from the manager to, to to be a little bit more defensive, which is wise, I think, at least to start with. But I think from them, whatever whatever the course that their their season takes, I think it's going to be. I think seventeenth would be would be extremely good if they if they finish that high up. But they're going to be in a relation battle, whatever whatever the situation. But that, I think it's a really you know the first time in league and they've ever been in league and it'd be really really good fun to see them and. Hopefully they can they can give us some some upsets along the way and make a make a good good fist of it. Yeah, Eric, is that the most we can really hope for from Amiens? Maybe a nice little tour around France for a change. I, I know that might seem a little bit harsh for them, but it is such a big leap. Well, I mean, you never know. We I think expressed similar sentiments about Mets last season uh, ahead of the season, and and as Adam rightly said, they were able to make these make some canny signings. And there's nothing to say Amiens can't do that in January, but I think that, yeah, if survival is achieved, it's a skin of their teeth. I, I have them in my, my own bottom three, uh, along with Strasbourg and uh, at this point, and I don't, I don't see anything better than a, a chance at survival for them. I, I, I would say 80% chance they go down. Yeah, I think it might be sort of a more a similar case to Gazalek Ajaxo when they got promoted, who, Again, didn't make many signings, but looked, but you know, really did make a good fist of it and came pretty close towards the end. You know, maybe they might have had more of a chance if Depraz, Depraz to Toulouse hadn't sort of steamed past them and, and Rance that season. But they they're in a similar sort of position in terms of quality of squad, so they might have a similar sort of season to Gaza like that that time maybe. But that's an interesting point. But I I would say in counter to that, and a lot of the players that Gazalek had signed at that point, if you look at like a, a Butaib or a, a Kader Manjan, had league experience, and I don't see that being as much the case with the players that, that Amion have signed. I like Sissoko. I like Bodmer as well, but it's, it's a lot of reliance on young players and, and players who just don't have experience. That's why I'm not as high on Strasbourg, who we'll get to later. Uh, those players haven't, a lot of them haven't even played professional football prior to last season. Um, and I think that that's something that even though Pellissier has, has been outstanding as, as a manager, I, you know, if he doesn't have the experience to translate that into Ligue 1, that that's something that I, I really think is a real potentially some real potential stumbling block for Amiens. I I do fear for them as well. I think it's always a big jump to go two jumps and really to make that an, an extra jump and still stay competitive can be so difficult. Um, on to another team that struggled at times last season, and that's Montpellier. They've lost Steve Mounier, who's gone to uh, Huddersfield as well, and they've made some. Uh, interesting moves is maybe the nice way of putting it in Lecompte and Giovanni Sio and, and Budaboos is still there at least for now although there's rumours of the moves finally looking to go ahead now um, 
where are they this season, Adam? Are they still going to be around in and around those relegation places, or are they more of a mid-table side? I think it's for me anyway. I, it'd be interesting to see what Eric thinks about this too. But I, I think I, I've got them in my bottom three as it stands. I if Reed, if we had Budaboo's leaves between now and the end of the transfer window, and they don't effectively replace him, which is going to be extremely difficult to replace a, a quality a quality player like Budaboo's. Uh, this close to the end of really, really what, a month left of the transfer window, and find for to, for Montpellier to find a player of that quality to replace him is going to be extremely difficult. Uh, having lost Steve Mooney already as well, I mean, I, you've they have made some interesting signings. I mean, they've tried to sort of bring in a little bit of sort of league, and now again they've sort of they've signed Giovanni Sio, who obviously is a bit of a up and down to say to say that to say the least uh, at, at Ren the last few seasons. Benjamin Conte's a good goalkeeper um, from Lorient. He's he's been very good last last few years. So he's a good signing, but beyond that, you know, Jonathan O'Connor came back from PSG. I don't know; he really set the light, the world alight there last last season on loan. Kevin Beauregard is a classic French striker; doesn't score goals. I, I really feel like they they don't have the quality if they lose Boulibous to stay in this league, and I, I'd be fearing for them this this season. I mean, Victorina Hilton is uh, is 39 now, so whether uh, whether he is uh, he's capable of keeping them in the division for another year is is very much open to debate. So I, I think it's going to be key is what, what is going to be key, sorry, is how they manage themselves between now and the end of August. If they manage to sign a couple of good players, if they get some money for Budaboos and they, they replace him fairly adequately, they manage to find you know another striker to replace Mooney because that Mooney was a little bit of a surprise last season um, and they got good money for him too. So they've got they've got the funds you would imagine to, to go out and strengthen. But for me, I, I think they're, they're very much uh, in, in trouble this year. I do take your point, Adam, that Mounier is a big loss, but let's not forget they still have Casimir Ninga. Uh, this was a player who I think was more than decent uh, during the sort of season and a half that he had before he was injured. And Mounier was, Mounier was really only given his chance as a result of Ninga's injury. And we, we've seen Montpellier, and again, it remains to be seen, you know, now that they're they're under a new manager in Ter Sikarian. God, I can't, that's, that's another story. I really not. I really don't like that that appointment. Uh, but if they can be the same sort of counterattacking side that they they were last season, I think Ninga fits that fits that mold even better. And and I think that I like the signing of Akone personally. I think I think he was very impressive, um, given his age and, and lack of experience. I think that Mendez and Co. Okay, again, they're not ideal, but I think they're they're potentially. Upgrades. I think that the the fullbacks and the likes of Roussillon and, and Mukiele are are of a good quality as well and still young. Uh, Lecomte, I think, could potentially be an upgrade if he plays to be the player that he looked like he was being three or four years ago. I know he struggled to some extent last season. I think Montpellier will be all right. I think lower mid table, uh, unless there's a Karian has falling out with several or some of the players, which again, <laughs> is a very, a very big possibility. But yeah. I think they're in, in decent shape, um, I, I, especially if Ninga can recover some of the form that we saw from him a few years ago. Well, I think whatever happens, Eric, I think they're not going to be uh, exciting to watch. With, uh, with Zakarian as manager, um, who was obviously non-manager for those two seasons where they finished bottom of the goal-scored table and then second bottom to Troyes, who were below them in the two seasons and both... And both, so they stayed up relatively comfortly, but they were they were very very dull. And perhaps he's got the the makings of another another sort of Nantes, another Dzerzakarian team in in Ligue 1 in, in in Montpellier that they could sort of grind out the results and win a few games at home here and there and not score many goals at all. 
and it might be enough to keep them up. One point with Ninga is uh, that, that crucial ligament injury that gets him out for most of last season. For a player that relies on such sort of flair and such sort of change of direction, it's going to be very difficult for him to, to, to pick up where he left off anytime soon. So I agree that he's a player that's very useful to them, but uh, whether he can rediscover that form anytime soon is still open to debate. Yeah, I'm worried. I, I, I don't like the signing of Giovanni Sio, and it doesn't really need to speak volumes of why that might be. And if they lose Riyad Boudibouz, which they probably will, I think someone's going to stump up the 10, 12 million that they're probably going to be asking for. It's, I can't imagine why someone's not already. Um, but yeah, you really start worrying about this team if they can't score goals, if they've got Mikel Dizakarian as their manager, it doesn't look as positive either. They, they're going to be there or thereabouts, aren't they? But let's move on to uh, Nantes, who have had their own managerial changes. Claudio Ranieri has come into the job and uh, Conceição has returned to Portugal to manage Porto. Adam, is that a real big miss for them? I mean, we all talked about how well Conceição transformed this side last season and even possibly moving to like a Leon or something like that. He's gone to a, another big club as well, but he's going to be a big miss, isn't he? He really is, yeah, Nathan. I 100% agree with that. He um he was unbelievable for them for them last year. I, I know speaking to the the Portuguese analyst at Football Radar that he had a bit of a reputation for for being very well, obviously very volatile, but not necessarily sort of consistent. And he wasn't very even-handed, and he'd very easily sort of fluff the fluff the handle and make make sort of odd decisions and fall out with players and things. But coming to Nantes, um, he kind of treated them with uh, he sort of he, I might have mentioned in one of the articles that me and Eric wrote for. For, for the site that um, he sort of treated his squad like sort of some kids who misbehaved at school and he was a parent who'd come home to find out they'd be misbehaving and was very, very upset with them. So he just sort of disappointed and he sort of really whipped them into shape. It was really, really almost overnight. They lost that game 6-0 to Leon when at the end of Girard's reign and they looked so insipid and so lacking in ideas and lacklustre. And they, he took them to, what, seventh place, which was unbelievable. They had some fantastic wins. They started scoring goals out of nowhere. Um, Salah and Nakuma were fantastic up front. And they played with like an intensity. He really instilled that fire in his team that you know that Conceição sort of espouses when he's on the touchline. He's sort of he's very 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 anim anim animated, and he really put that. It really was his team. Um, I think though uh, it is a big miss. But what one thing that that you can take as a positive from this not situation is not that Claudio Ranieri coming in is going to be a lot of fun. Whatever happens with not this season, whether they finish fifteenth or fifth, they're going to be they're going to be great value. Um, I think from, from Ranieri's point of view, he did a similar thing perhaps. Uh, another club he's turned up, maybe Leicester to start with when Nigel Pearson kept them up and they played really well at the end of that season and Ranieri took over, that perhaps there's not a vast amount that he needs to change here. If he can keep hold of his players, if he can keep BMG Gilet, who's obviously, the, 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 for me, the most important player in midfield, um, Belgian international, really was brilliant the last couple of years, adds a lot of stature to that team. And presence. If you can keep him and keep his keep his other players together, the signing of Nicola Power as defensive security, I think that's a really good signing for them. Um, the uh, Tata, the, the Romanian goalkeeper from Fiorentina, could be could be a really good signing too, because that's kind of been a problem position for them over recent recent months from the last season, where Remy Real dropped out and Maxine Dupe came in and perhaps didn't necessarily cover himself in glory. I remember one game at, at Bastia where they drew two all away. He was at fault for both goals. Um, which we've I think we've discussed on the pod before. So there's a lot of bright spots for for Nantes here. They'd be disappointed to see go, but I think um, if you can get the Stade de la Bourgeois crowd up and you can get the team playing with intensity, then there's still a lot to work with here. Um, we, we talked a little about Valentin Rongier in the party end of last year, who really, really pushed on after that. He had a horrible knee injury and uh, he, he sort of came into the side again last year. And he's a player I really, really like. 
and he was he was fantastic towards the end of the year. And I think even there, there were rumours that Conceição wanted to take him to Porto, which would have been perhaps a bit a bit soon. But you can see the quality there. Um, I think they've got a lot of other potential. So I think Ranieri's got a lot to work with. Hopefully he'll just try and maintain that intensity and keep them going forward. But unfortunately, I have a feeling that that might not be the case. They've played three at the back, three, three centre-backs in some games in pre-season. And he's talked about the most important thing is not conceding, which seems like a little bit of a, a sea change from, from Conte South. So I think it's a little bit up in the air as to how they're going to go, but I'm going to enjoy watching it, whatever happens. Yeah, and it does make you panic a little bit. And I know you didn't quite want to tackle his name, but Tato Rosano is a, is a solid goalkeeper to bring in, I think, as well, yeah. from, from Fiorentina, definitely. Um, good work, Eric, mate, good to... work. I wasn't going to attempt it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love his name, so I, I will happily say that one. Um, Eric, uh, there's one big departure, really, for Norton, and that's uh, Amin Harit, who's joined Schalke. Um, what do you think to that departure? Is that, is that the right move for him? Is that the right time for the club? Um, I think that not got good money for him. I think I think that he underachieved. He butted heads too much with Conceição and didn't couldn't couldn't humble himself enough to be included as part of the team. I think that it's a the right move for the club, the right move for the player. I think it remains to be seen. Schalke are a really interesting situation. A club that obviously have money, have ambitions, but not making Europe last year was a huge deal for them. Could they improve on that this year and have Harit be a part of that? Potentially, but I, I don't see it happening. I think that he's going to be a what-if story down the road. The one thing I, player I did want to mention I think has a lot of potential is uh, Kayembe, uh, signed from Porto B. Uh, he's a right-sided attacking player, and if the team do play a 3-5-2, I really like the looks of him as, as a wing-back. So he's one to watch out for. Uh, he scored six goals from a wide position uh, in about 18 matches for Porto's B team last season, and I think could be a, a real upgrade on the likes of, say, a Katsunich or a Felipe Pardo uh, on that right side, and you could have Thomas and Plain on the other flank and have, I think, a really complete side. Um, but, again, I, I, I do share largely Adam Stout's on, on Knott's, um, Knott's season. I, I think that the, the managerial change is going to – it has thrown a lot of question marks into this into what had been a very hardworking, yet still relatively attractive uh, side under Conceição. Let's hope the Italian can bring some of that uh, dilly ding, dilly dong back to a non. That'd be really nice if he can. Um, let's move on to Angers, and they've lost a few important players. And Doy Pepe's gone to Lille. Uh, Diadjou's had to England with Bristol City, Adam. But they've gained a striker in Enzo Crivelli as well, who's done decently on loan at, at Bastia last season and has shown flashes at Bordeaux. He he might be the kind of striker this club needs. Yeah, I think so. I, I was sort of thinking about this a lot today uh, because there, there's sort of it almost feels like there's sort of a you know they've they've signed Rukavelli to replace the Heydu, which I'm I'm sort of trying to think about whether that's the right strategy because I like the Heydu last season. I think he um, they, Andres definitely took a risk with him. He scored lots of goals at the start of last, well now two seasons ago for Clermont, and raced away with that league the top goalscorer award, which perhaps isn't you know. The most difficult thing to race away with, but even so, he he's got a lot of goals before Christmas, and then went on a, a big big drought. I think he scored one or two in eighteen games. And when he came to Angers, he was a you know he was a risk, and he he played he played very well last season. Not necessarily prolific, but held up the ball really well, allowed players like Carl Toko can be to to run beyond him, and 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 Doy to to get into the box and, and win headers and score goals, which he's so wonderfully good at. 
Um, I, I was just trying to think with Cavelli is is a similar sort of player. I think I think he just about fits the bill um, because he has that physicality that De Gea had, and he's shown that in league and with with Bastia, who obviously finished bottom last season, and he got I think he got into double figures. He got nine or ten perhaps last season, which is in a league which, as I said, is very difficult to score goals in. That's that's relatively impressive. And as you said, he did show flashes of that form when he was at Bordeaux too. So I think it's a good it's a good it's a good it's a good idea. It's, it could really work out for them. But it still remains to be seen. I, I think one positive, though, they sort of pinched their bets a little bit in signing Baptiste Guillem, who's sort of come in uh, as well as, as a potential striker. He was obviously at Strasbourg last year, um, was at Lens and uh, at Lille as well, and particularly at Lille was pretty poor. Um, but he's one of those players that's always had potential but never really realised it. And I felt he was a little bit lightweight before. But playing for Angers in, in preseason, he's looked good and he's looked much, much bigger, much stronger than he had before. He was a bit too slight, a bit lightweight before. So hopefully after a, you know, a good season with Strasbourg, um, then he could be an option too. So there's a bit of competition up there. But the, the thing for them this year is, is can they survive without Sheik and Doi, um, who, is, who is unbelievable since their promotion from, uh, from, from Ligue 2. Signed from Cataly, immediately made him captain and he, he really showed why. He was the top scorer in their first season back in Ligue 1. And he's gone to Birmingham to join Harry Redknapp, which is be interesting to see how he gets on there. But there's a big hole in their midfield as a result, and they've signed Asana Kubiali, uh, Kulibali, sorry, from from Bastia too. I don't know that there is um, like he's the right man necessarily. Obviously, he's young is only 21, but where he's the player to replace, you know, the very very big shoes of on, on, of Andoy is is, an, is possibly an even bigger question for Stefan Mulan this season. But I think again they're going to be an interesting side. I've not I've not hidden how much I like them on the pod beforehand, and I, I I hope that they can kick on once again and and have a have an interesting season making the cup final. Last season was huge for them, and uh, they're an interesting side. Thomas Mangini, if anybody that doesn't get a chance to watch Angers very often, I think Thomas Mangini on on his own is a is a reason to watch Angers play. He's so so good on the ball, such a wonderful player to watch. One of my favourite players in the league, and. Uh, Hopefully he'll he'll find another there's a good partner in that building in Koulibaly and they'll 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 stay as a mid table side and not get dragged into that that relegation battle. Yeah, and we can look forward to having Billy Kekeo from Fon take the field again. It'll be nice to see mm. him back when he returns from injury, so we can all uh, enjoy his name again. It'd be nice. But uh, we've mentioned a few interesting options that they've added, Eric. But they've obviously lost a fair few attacking talent that did score a lot of their goals last season. And given their alarming sort of 2016, at least, half of the season, where they, they really looked like they were probably relegation candidates, is this still a, maybe a worry there? Or do you think Stefan Moulin has this team exactly where they need to be? No, I think that now that he's had the time to work with players like a Carl Toko Akambi and to adapt adapt them, their playing, I, I, I think that this team is... is probably about the same or maybe better as last season. The thing that I really like about Angers' offseason is that they've done well to bring in young, promising players. Crovelli, Koulibaly, as you mentioned, Angelo Fungini from Valenciennes, is a French youth international. Uh, he looks to be playing more as a right-sided attacker. He can also play central midfield. I think he'll add more depth as well. Uh, and there's also likes of like a Salyusis, uh, who's brought in as well. You know, not a world beater, but again, someone who can give depth. I think that we, we looked at the injuries to the, the fullback last season, uh, and Angers really struggled in, the, in, in those positions, having to bring in Abdoulaye Bamba uh, in the winter on a, on a, uh, from free agency, I believe. Um, so I think that the team have more depth. I am still a little worried about center backs beyond uh, Tomas and Traore, who are, again, decent, more than decent options. But uh, if one of them has a long-term injury, you're looking at maybe Pavlovich, maybe Mediterrat being played as a center back. 
and that that could cause some worry as well. But I think overall, this is a fairly complete and fairly deep squad, and I don't really see relegation being being a, a worry. I think that they their proactivity in signing young, promising players in the, in the summer, I, I think, is going to is going to bear fruit for them. Yeah, Mulan has is, has been excellent ever since they've come up to Liga, and and keeping that team solid at the back will be very important to sort of keep them afloat. If they can get the goals from Cavelli, that will just add to them and really push them on again to a sort of mid-table side. Again, I think there will be this season, hopefully. But moving on to the classic yo-yo club, and that's uh, Trois, who are back again after knocking out Lorient in the playoff um, during this uh, end of the last season. They've made a few interesting signings again, although obviously they didn't get chance to last time they were here, Adam. But there's a few familiar names in from French football mixed around them. Viscarondo, Deplan as well from Montpellier. Have they added enough to really compete this time? Or do you worry again that this might be a case of one and done again for Toi? Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely a the very interesting. I think it'll be a very interesting story in in league and this season. As you mentioned, when they came up, they because of financial issues, they really weren't able to make any signings, and they had a dreadful season and and finished bottom by a long, long way. And it was really horrible for for the for that club during that year. So I definitely think that given that they've obviously it's budget has been managed a bit better this year and have been able to sign some league and experience. So we talked about other clubs doing that previously on the podcast. That you know that's that can be really important for a promoter side just to get that you can experience in and get a little bit more quality obviously you know for a promoter team that's that's job one really but um i think this season that they're they're not they definitely will improve on their previous showing um i think this the the signing of this corondo is a is a good one uh it's 33 now he's a bit he's a bit sort of lumbering at times and he dropped out of nonce the nonce team uh last season with obviously Diego Carson and coffee Gigi being being you know playing very well together but I think he's a very good signing for a club like Tua he'll add a lot of experience and a lot of leadership which is what they lacked in so much they lacked so much leadership in in their previous run in 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 the division so he'll really add that defensive security as long as he's got um someone playing on the side with a bit of pace and hopefully Gabriel on loan from from Lille uh who obviously they, they signed over uh over the winter uh he could be a really interesting partner for for Viz Corondo and perhaps provide a little bit of cover for for the sort of aging legs of, of the Venezuelan. Um, Matthew Duplan obviously has been around league and for for a while, still only twenty five. He's got something to prove perhaps, and he's he's a good signing at fullback. Um, I, I think though the, the the they're kind of relying a little bit in forward areas on on Benjamin Neve, which is ridiculous considering he's forty years old. Um, it's it feels like that they've made the biggest effort to strengthen in defensive areas, which was, was which was you know necessary because they kind of were lacking in that area, and it makes sense to prioritise there. But once again, perhaps like clubs last year, like Nancy, you know, really did struggle to score goals. I think that might be the same for Tua this time around. Um, and obviously, as they you know they can't rely on Benjamin Neve week in week out in 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 this league because because of his age is obviously pretty obvious limitations on his. On his ability to play so many games in quick succession, they may use him at home and rest him for away games, which is they've done before, which would probably be a good idea. Um, they've also signed Francois Belligo in that midfield, but again, it's sort of a very defensive option. He can also play at centre back too, and he might be, he might end up being Vis Corondo's par- partner at one point. Um, looking at forward areas, they, they, as I said, they look a little bit light. I like Stefan Darbion. I think he uh, he's 33 now, but he's he's been a, a a good player for for them for two or three years now. Um, and they've, the only real addition they've made is, is Brian Pelle on, on from from Brest. Um, so it's it's still a little bit lightweight in forward areas for me. So if they're going to sign anybody else to be now at the end of the window, you'd hope that it would be either a striker or put a little bit more league and experience in, in wide areas. But I think one thing's for sure, they'll definitely be a lot more competitive than they were in, what, 15, 16. 
and um, it won't be the nightmare that it was for for Patois fans. But whether they'll stay up, I, I I don't know. I think it's going to be close to them as well. But I think we've got a good fight at the bottom of the table, and I think they'll be they'll be very much in amongst it. I'm I'm a little bit worried about Tuar again this season. I, I, some of those signings are a little bit un, uninspiring, at least, and given the other teams around them, if they can't score goals, I'm I'm a little bit worried for them again. But let's hope it's at least not as bad as it was last time around. But we'll move on to Mets now, who've had a little bit of a disappointing summer, really, Eric. In certain terms, obviously, the loss of Ismaili Sar, although it was a great fee. It's a little bit disappointing given his talent and not returning Sheikh Diabate instead getting Nolan Rue. Is that enough for them to really chat and well, stave off relegation for a second time? Um, I, I think that I think the Mets can be cautiously optimistic. And but again, I don't really think it's by dint of anything they've done. It's because there are poorer teams than them. Um, I I really like the signing of Niakate from Valenciennes. Um, and I, I think that Rue is a, you know, given time can be good for 10 or 12 goals, which I think could be enough. Um, they've, some of their older players have departed, uh, uh, Signorino in particular. I think that can give a little bit more chance to some of the younger players that they've got there to potentially improve. So, you know, better fitness from Jan Juf, Renal Kohad can have another good season. I think this. I think they'll be all right, but not because they're going to blow anybody away, but only because there's many worse teams than that. Adam, what do you think? Do they need maybe need to reinvest now some of that money they got for Saar in, in maybe rounding out this squad to really make sure that they're going to be staying away from the relegation places? Yeah, I think 100% they do. And um, I think the reason they stayed up last year was Sheikh was Sheikh Diabate and and Saar as well, obviously to some extent, but. If they hadn't signed Diabate to score very, very crucial goals in that second half of the season, I think they would have gone down. And without him and without Saar and without real replacements for either of those players, they I think they're they're going to be in amongst it too. As as Eric said, there are you know, they might step as due to worse being teams being worse than them. But I have a feeling that Mets might be one of those teams that are worse than other teams that might keep them up. Um Yanjuf, if he could keep fit. He's a wonderful player and was brilliant for Lorient for a long time, but he was terrible in terms of fitness. Actually, continually got injured and couldn't, couldn't contribute to the extent they would have hoped. If he can stay fit, he could be the man to keep them in the division. But without Diabate and Saar, they I think they look in in, in massive trouble. Um, in a similar play, sort of in a similar way to Montpellier, if they lose Riyad Budabus, I think they'd be in a very similar position. Nolan Rue is a mental signing. I, I I have no idea why they've signed him. It's ridiculous because he's 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 never impressed in league and really. He's he's been terrible for for uh, for Lille and then for Saint-Étienne and and I don't know why they could, they feel like they could replace someone like Diabate who has so much league and experience and so many league and goals under his under his belt and has really you know been a talisman for them with 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 Nolan Roux. I, I I think it's 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 a bizarre one for me and maybe it's you know budget restraints perhaps but I think with Roux in the side. Do I see them scoring goals? Probably, probably not. I think they're going to be in real trouble this year. Yeah, I, I really worry for Mets. And when you replace someone who got you a fair few goals, and then you replace him with Nolan Rue, who will probably miss four or five before he manages to net one every so often, is <laughs> does a streak of the panic button at least for you? Then they might have, like you say, budget restrictions might have really halted them from getting more, but. If they could squeeze out some goals from Rue, then there's a real hope. And if they can reinvest that money, 
absolutely they can give it a good go with some of the teams around them. But yeah, I'm mm, I'm on the fence on Mets at the moment. I, I really worry about them. Um, let's move on to another um, side that have been promoted, the final side, and that's Strasbourg. And I've been very kindly lent some notes from our very own Peter Rutzler, who did an excellent article on them as well. He couldn't, unfortunately, be on the show live, but he's given me a very extensive rundown of the team and what they've done this preseason. And they've had a solid preseason with... They were undefeated up until the two games recently where they won one and drawn one. But um, th- they've had a interesting couple of moments. Obviously, last season was a dramatic one from them, really, getting back from Ligue 2, having been in National the year before, having Thierry Laurie, who's obviously been successful in Ligue 1 last, uh, a couple of seasons ago with Gazalek Ajaxio. Yes, he didn't keep them up, but to even have stood a chance with that kind of club really showed how excellent he managed and got them really firing in January as well and with a great support base as well at, at Strasbourg that will really help them as well they averaged 70, 17 sorry thousand supporters in league 2 which is nothing to shout about when the league on average is 21,000 that's an absolute massive bonus I think for that kind of size of club with having such a strong fan base and, and obviously such a strong history in French football being one of the only six clubs to have won all three major trophies, that's not a bad thing to have on your CV, even if you have been up and down in recent seasons. But they've lost Kali Boutaib, who's been in league, uh, league and before. He scored 20 times last season. Uh, he, like Peter has put here, is key to their promotion success. And although he's moved on, it was big money in Turkey. He's age 30, and we can't really blame him. And they've replaced him with Idris Saidi from uh, Cardiff, who's never really impressed, although... He had his moments and he was decent on loan at, at Belgium in Belgium last season, scoring 14 times for cut. I do not want to say that name because I will definitely butcher it. Um, but <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it, it does not look like that, but that, <laughs> that was a, at least you've helped me out on that one at least. But they bought Benjamin Cornet, who has, who has great experience in league going it's sad Tetien. He's a, he's a solid player, although it wasn't really great fit under Gaultier. Um, Kenny Lala and, and Pablo Martinez from Lens. They've, they're two decent players. And the real intriguing one for me is uh, Binguru Kamara um, from Tours, who has been watched by a number of bigger clubs as well, as well in, in Europe, full stop. And him being the number one choice this season will be really exciting. One of the youth keepers in France as well. And obviously bringing Jonas Martin back from uh, his pretty terrible time, really, at Real Betis. Um, former Montpellier man, getting him to add a little bit creativity into that midfield might really push them a little bit further than some of the other sides but them investing really is is a real positive it's something that the uh, the, the new president um, Mark Keller has really emphasised of, of really investing in the squad and trying to build something that can sustain in league and whether that's the case given the, the teams around them and, and the resources they have is another question entirely I do quite like how they've tried to build the squad I think if Martin can return to the form that he had at Montpellier, which was decent, I, I think that's a really good signing. If they can get, if, my worry again is goals. Though if they if they can't get enough goals out of Saidi, then they're really really going to struggle. I think even though they had a really positive season last season, there's a couple of worries about this squad. I don't know what you think, uh, Eric. Do are they good enough to stay up? Uh, I don't think so, but I I do like the signs they've made. Uh, Nuno da Costa from Balenciennes, another one I think has quite a bit of potential. He was really impressive down, down the back in the last season for the Swans. Um, Dimitri Leonard had 11 assists last season. Uh, a lot of those from, were from dead balls, but I think there is a lot of potential of this team. They'll probably play something looking at a, like a 4-3-1-2. Um, 
with uh, Cornier behind uh, probably Saidi and, and, and DaCosta. I think that they could, they could be really be uh, a dynamic, decent side to watch. I do question the defense, though. They're very old, uh, looking at the likes of Kederman John, and um, they've lost um, uh, Felipe Saad, and I just question whether there's enough uh, quality in that back line for them to survive. It's, they have got a couple of youngsters coming through, Kashi and Solve, but it's it's looking dicey in that defense. So whether they're whether they've got enough defensively to stay up or not is another question. I have them going down uh, for the time being. Mm, yeah, they, I do worry a little bit about them. I, I'm I'm happy that out of the three, they seem the most active, at least trying to build a side that might stay in league one, and then from then do something else. But yeah, you do have to worry about again another team. Moving up two divisions so quickly, it can be such a difficult jump to make, really. Um, let, uh, moving on to Nice now, who had a terrific season last season. There's no doubt about that. And it's great to see them in the Champions League and fighting for that against IX on Wednesday. Let's hope they can continue that adventure, Adam. They've kept Seri, which is an absolute coup for the moment, at least. Anyway, until someone ends up paying that €40 million Euros they're asking for. If they can keep him... If they can continue with the, the interesting squad they showed against Ajax, where they, they were relatively decent, to be fair, in spells, can they still fight for Champions League football or, or Europe in, in total? Yes, I think so. Um, I, I'm not as down on Nice as perhaps others are. I think, I think one the main thing that for Nice this season going forward would be Lucien Favre. I mentioned, sorry, I mentioned a few times on the pod last season that I felt he was, as we all did, just, you know, this one of the signings of the season. He was, he's an unbelievably good manager and still an underrated manager as well. The fact that they were top at Christmas and obviously, you know, that was a, that was a big thing for them, but they they sort of fell away. But the fact that they were still within the, in the title race, within the chance of winning the league with two or three games to go when they played that, that PSG, PSG game and, and, and beaten three, one, um, it just shows what a great manager what Lucien Favre is and grinding results and getting the best out of his players and really finding a formula that wins games, such a nuanced tactician. I think, Yes, they've lost a few players, and yes, it's going to be difficult for them trying to get into the Champions League. I don't know that they're going to go overcome Ajax. They might end up in Europa League again. And, you know, they handled that pretty well last year, to be honest, but they didn't really prioritise it. So I think the fact that Lucien Favre is still their manager and they haven't been completely gutted as it stands, I think that they there's no reason why they can't be challenging for top six again this, this year. I'd expect them to be in there. Um, uh, but whether, whether they are European places or not remains to be seen, obviously, because depending on who wins the Cups. But I think they really, really can challenge those those for those areas. I think another player that we haven't you haven't mentioned yet was Wellen Cyprian. Obviously, he got injured at the end of last year, hasn't moved on. Obviously, because he continued continued injured at the moment. But when they get him back and they if they do manage to keep Seri, I think Pierre Lise will lose a good signing. You know, and you know keep Balotelli. Hopefully, he can retain some of the form he showed over over the course of last year. You know, Alassane Player was very very good before he got injured too. He's on his way back. There's some real, there's still some a lot of positives there for them. So. I really feel like that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with this year, and that Lucien Favre um, is very, very capable of getting the best out of that squad. And they, you know, they'll, they'll no one will want to go to the Allianz Riviera, and no one will look forward to them coming to them either. They're, they're a very, very good team still, and um, I think they'll, they'll represent league and brilliantly once more. Eric, do you think they've got enough to compete on two fronts, especially if they do manage to make the Champions League group stages? Yeah, I think so. I really like the moves that Nice have made this summer. I think that Makengo and Tamez in particular are two really capable central midfielders that can add depth and uh, sort of ameliorate. This is, again, conditionally on, on Sarri staying. 
but I think I like those moves. I like the addition of Jale as, as a right back. They keep Dalbert as well. I think this is a very complete and very deep team. Uh, I currently have them in my top three coming into the season. I probably, I, I like them to finish third again uh, with Monaco taking second. I, I, uh, assuming the team stays the way it is. I, I fully agree with Adam. Lucien Favre, the way he managed to keep that team battling, even with the losses of Cyprian and Playa, he lost Seri for a month. He lost Pere- Ricardo Pereira for a month. He lost Yunus um, Belanda for a month. The way he was able to, to consistently keep that team competing, uh, keep a solid defense, bring along younger players, thinking the likes of Cozzello. I know I know he had started under Clark well, but uh, make him a more complete player in terms of being a box-to-box midfielder. Uh, bring along Remy Valter, bring along Malik Sar in particular. Um, yeah, I think Nice are, are going to be perhaps not as solid defensively this season. Uh, losing Paul Bice is, is a bit of a stumbling block, but I, I, I think they'll be a very impressive team that should be competing for the top three without question. Yeah, and they'll be from that game on on Wednesday night. They'll be really disappointed that they conceded that goal against Ajax because they were the better team for a long time in that game and really allowed Ajax back into that game. And now on Wednesday, it's a tricky one to go to Amsterdam and get a result, but they've got the capability of doing it if they can hold off that young side who do have great attacking talent, but were really stuttered by Nice at the Allianz Riviera. It's it's an interesting one. I really do hope they can make the Champions League and I'm super surprised Seri's still there. I can't believe someone's not paid that fee yet, but we'll move on to the final team of our league game preview, and that's Wren, who've had a really interesting window, really. They've bought Ismaili Saar for, yes, a lot of money. They've bought Mawasa in as well. They've lost Castile. They've given away players that were frustrating, at least in in, in CO and, and to an extent Said as well. Um, what do you think to the improvements they've made this summer, um, Adam? We were really down about them at the very end of last season, but all of a sudden, a couple of little moves make them really intriguing again. Adam, can you hear me? Uh, I, I don't know if he, if he wants to come in, he can. But I, 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 I really like the moves that Ren have made. I mean, these are this is finally loosening those Puma purse strings. Uh, Ren are owned by the same family that own Puma Sportswear. And bringing in the likes of Asar, Moasa, Borijo, even Hamari Traore, uh, who's, a, who, who's a right back they brought in from Rennes, is an, is an international. Uh, I, I like... I like what they've done. I think that this, uh, they recognize that, that some of the talent they have on hand is, is going to put them in, in good stead, uh, particularly the likes of, of Joris Nanyon and some of the players they brought in last winter, I think. But again, as you rightly mentioned, uh, Castile, the loss of him is a, is a real big deal. I know Rice Mboli is, is a player who has some international experience, but is he really at a level big enough, good enough to to kick on uh, to be a, a starter for a team that's challenging for for European play in Liga? I I kind of have my doubts about that. Um, they've also managed to hang on to Benjamin Andre, who's I think a really underrated player. Uh, Norden Mumbele as a striker, meh, well, okay, I have my doubts about that too. But again, you know, when have when have Ren ever not? You know, been been a team that uh, gives you worries in terms of their striking ability. Um, so perhaps Ren can take advantage of sort of the muddle that it looks to be 
uh, below PSG and 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 finish in a European spot. Um, but I think that they should certainly be a little bit more attractive this season. Uh, they could be a little bit dull under Gorkuv last season uh, just because of the lack of quality in, in, in wide areas. I mean, let's face it, starting Roman Malfitano uh, on the wing is not going to – or sorry, Morgan Malfitano on the wing is not going to do anything to catch the eye. And I, I think that giving more chances to some of those younger players um, will, will put, put them in a better spot. So it remains to be seen, but I think overall a decent summer for Ren and Saar in particular, but also – Pardon me, Malas. I should get plenty of chances uh, in the immediate future. Yeah, and I'm delighted that Sars stayed in the league. I know there's a fair few Mets fans that aren't particularly pleased that he's maybe made a smaller jump up than they expected. But good money, good club for him to possibly grow this season as well, and and Ren at least doing something to give them some sort of momentum having had a really poor end to 2017 season at least anyway um that's all from us this week my thanks to eric adam peter samuel and uh, robin for joining us in, in parts and uh, next week we will ha- um, we will be live at our new recording time of 10 p.m gmt so put that on your schedule and we want to hear some questions from you this season as well for a new viewers section we're doing planning as well uh, send in your tweets to our handle at the gffn show or with hashtag the GFFN show to ask us some questions in the future. But for now, Abianto and goodbye.